everybody. Just going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about the best place oh, to yeah. listen to all your audio titles. You can't beat Audible. Audible yeah. lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. You'll always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. Right. They have it all. They offer an incredible selection across every genre from bestsellers, yeah. new releases, celebrity memoirs, mysteries, thrillers, motivation, wellness, business, and more. If it's out there, they have it. I'm telling you, I spend so much time on Audible. I love it so much. So many titles for the show that we, all of our podcasts and everything else. It's just phenomenal for traveling. It's great. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases and next listen recommendations to habituate every type of thriller listener. You're going to love it. Keep your heart rate up month after month with this pulse pounding collection you can't hear anywhere else. Now, the title I'm listening to right now that I'm having a lot of fun listening to is The Devil in the White City, it's called. Oh. It's by Eric Larson. It's the story of H.H. Holmes all oh. around the World's Fair in Chicago and how right. he was able to get all this done because there was so much stuff going on. And it's right. really creepy and really great. Fantastic, uh, fantastic listen. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep for keep the it. entire catalog. Mm-hmm. You can have it. It's fantastic, including latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash smalltownmurder or text smalltownmurder to 500-500. That's audible.com slash smalltownmurder or text smalltownmurder to 500-500. Now back to the show. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week in Mount Zion, Illinois, when a head wrapped in plastic and other body parts are found to belong to a missing young woman, investigators find only one way to crack the mystery. The DNA of a dog, of course. Welcome to Small Town Murder. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Small Town Murder. Yay! Yay, indeed, Jimmy. Yay, indeed. My name is James Petragallo. I'm here with my co-host. I'm Jimmy Wisman. Thank you, folks, an immense amount for joining us today. We are excited, as usual. Mm -hmm. We've had some wild stuff lately, and uh, it's going to continue this week again because we're in Illinois, and it's always an insane case in Illinois for some reason, so... We're going to get back there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just want to thank everyone, first of all, for your reviews this week. They help a lot. The Apple Podcast, that purple icon, we don't understand why they count. We, If it was up to us, we wouldn't have it at all. There'd be no yeah. review system, but it's there. It helps drive you up the charts. So give us five stars. That helps a lot if you haven't done that 
yet anyway, go over to shutupandgivememurder.com right now for everything small town murder and everything crime and sports as well. Why would you want to go there for something crime and sports, James? Well, something very special is going to be going on sale very, very shortly. Keep checking up on there and follow us on social media at Murder Small, at Small Town Pod, at Small Town Murder on Instagram. Check all those out because this week the virtual live show for crime and sports goes on sale. And I don't even care if you haven't heard crime and sports. A crime and sports live show Oh, I can't wait. Is a bon- you won't see That's a better comedy right show. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. I'm telling you right now. It's really, really wild and crazy stuff. So get your tickets there. Shut up and give me murder.com on mm-hmm. sale very, very shortly. And uh, also Patreon. Oh, my goodness. We have had some wild stuff on Patreon. Last week we did the uh, the Hotel Cecil yeah. deal. And then we, of course, had the prisoner dating game which was our best edition of it yet, I believe. So if you missed that, you're going to want that. Sticky, yeah. Yes, patreon.com slash crime and sports. This week coming up for crime and sports, which you'll also get if you sign up, you get access to all the Patreon, uh, is going to be about Marv Albert, the yeah. the uh, 90s uh, basketball announcer who had a, a really a hilarious sex scandal, let's just say, for a... For a weird old bald guy who says yes when a ball goes in a basket to have a – it's just a weird story. So we have to check that out. And then uh, for Small Town Murders bonus, we are going to talk all about the Netflix – is it Netflix, right? It is. Yes, yeah. Netflix. The Night, the Night Stalker the Netflix Night Stalker documentary. documentary. Yeah. We're going to talk about that and Richard Ramirez and all that weird stuff. And uh, we can't usually talk about serial killers on yeah. Small Town Murder because it just doesn't go. And people have talked about them. But on Patreon, we can do it. So it's so much fun. <laughs> Small towns don't usually generate the uh, – the uh, the the serial killer. They're Not generally in a sprawling metropolis where you know there's lots and lots of victims. More people to kill. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. You want to have a larger. It's harder to kill people if everyone knows you. you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, who'd you see to killing them? It was killer, Bob. You, know, you got to go where Shit. where the people are. That's how it works. So check all that out. Patreon.com slash crime and sports. It's a lot of fun. You get access to the whole back catalog. And Jimmy will mispronounce your name at the end oh, of the yeah. show because you are now a producer and honestly a hero of ours. So thank you so much for that. And you everyone who's done the credit. It. Thank you. You do. And if you just want to be an amazing person and have great karma and also be a producer and get your name mispronounced, mm-hmm. you can do that as well over at PayPal using our email address, crime and sports at gmail.com right that said quick disclaimer okay. we got a lot of show this is a this case is it's insane it's absolutely mm-hmm. insane so quickly it's a comedy show we're yes. comedians this is uh there's going to be jokes made and there's going to be people dead because if yeah. nobody died small town murder would really be kind of false advertising so yeah. There will be a murder, and we're going to talk about it, and jokes will be made. But what we do do and go out of our way to do is we try and make sure we don't make fun of the victim or the yeah. victim's family. Why? Because we're assholes, but, but we're not scumbags, Jimmy. There, yeah. That's how it works there. Yeah. Honestly, there's a lot of comedy in the crazy idea of to kill somebody and the plot <laughs> leading up to it and how are we going to get away with it. It's yeah. really absurd. So there's plenty to make fun of with the murderer and, of course, small towns because mm-hmm. – you know, we everybody's from somewhere. I made fun of where I'm from a few episodes ago, so you mm-hmm. can take it too. But if that sounds good to you, we're going to have fun. Yes. You think true crime and comedy should never, ever go together? Maybe this isn't for you, mm-hmm. but maybe it is. And if it, it is, I think yeah. it's time to sit back and shout, shut up, shut up and, and give, give me, me murder. murder. <laughs> Let's do this, Jimmy. Okay. Let's go on a trip, shall we? I would. I'd really, really love it. We need to. We need to go yeah. somewhere. Uh, we are coming from Nevada last week. 
mm-hmm. with one of the craziest people that we've ever had yeah. on this That's- show. <laughs> that guy's arrest was the, the... I don't think we've had anything nuttier on the whole show than... Yeah hanging onto a luggage rack surfing on the back bumper screaming obscenities at an elderly couple that's the craziest arrest remember in the, the video of the game sketching do you remember that that <laughs> sounds familiar it. you had it was it was when rollerblades were popular and you had rollerblades <laughs> and you would grab the back of a car and then you'd punch yeah. people that were riding the car with you and but would you <laughs> that's what it reminds would you me. stand on the bumper while hanging off the luggage rack <laughs> that seems like a great if you had rollerblades i'd see what he was up to i'd go okay yeah. i get it he's just hitching a ride <laughs> that was insane though and what he did was also even crazier and you know pyramids and the mount olympus and all that shit so this week though we're going to illinois back to illinois one of our favorite states to cover always um they're always very receptive and they like to be made fun of they like to be roasted they're good people in illinois our kind of people that's why we're always there that's why we tour there the most and uh they're just the best to us so uh, we're going to mount zion illinois which really? is yes, central I would Illinois. I guess that was in Utah. It's it's there's a few of them actually. Is there's that? a lot of Mount Zion's. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. a common name throughout the country. I don't know how many in, there are, but I, there's got to be at least ten of them in the U.S. I'm sure. So uh, this Very is original. This is in central Illinois, though. This is like mm-hmm. if Illinois was a dartboard. This is the bullseye. It's okay. dead center. It's right outside of Decatur, Illinois, which oh. is kind of their little hub. There's like maybe seventy thousand people there. Another Here. town that is uh, plentiful. Plentiful. And it also... So many Decaters. A lot of Decaters. And the, the town, the county name, too, is common. It's really weird. This is about three hours to Chicago, about mm-hmm. two hours to St. Louis. So it's kind of, you know, a little in the middle of the two of them, you know, halfway between this and that. Three hours and 20 minutes to Streamwood, Illinois, which was our last Illinois episode, which was Some Dogs Find All the Legs. Yeah. Oh, that's with Friendly. <laughs> that was yeah. Friendly the dog, yeah. yeah. So we're back in Illinois, and a dog is going to play another big part of this case, which is so strange. <laughs> what the hell is happening there? Yeah, this. I feel like this is a halfway point between other places where you stop yeah. to pee. Okay. I feel Our like most police people, force is just is just dogs. It's just dogs and uh, some sort of Their pee enforcement force, agency. Uh, that old photo of of dogs playing poker is a picture of their police force on lunch break. Well, that's that's just, that's Friday night when they get together yeah. for team building. That's what yeah. that is. This is in Macon County, which uh-huh. it's Decatur and Macon, which were both Georgia. Very southern. Weird. Yeah. Uh, area code two one seven. It's about four square miles. Not that big. They actually have a town motto though. This oh. small town on their website. It is quote build your story here. Oh. That's um, there's another one also that I found. It's um, not they don't put it on the signs, but it's true. Uh, quote, you're halfway to somewhere better, which I think is a more I think that's an optimistic. Yeah. It's optimistic, right? Sure. <laughs> I think that's a good one. Personally. Build your story here because there will definitely be an end. There's, uh, you're going to leave probably. <laughs> no, people people actually like this town. It's very they couldn't find very like bad reviews of it. It's, really? They really like it here. They're fine with it. They fucking they love it. So the history of this town, Macon County, quickly uh, was formed out of a part of Shelby County. It was named for Nathaniel Macon, who was a oh. colonel in the Revolutionary War and later was a senator. And then um, he uh, also in this county, this is where Abraham Lincoln and his family moved in 1830. Awesome. So when he was young, they came here. Real, so Yeah, yeah real um, history. I like it. And some history shit. So uh, the township here, I found a history of this town. And I'm like, Jesus, what a fucking boring history. So I'm going to give you like the Sahara Desert fart fact of the historical part of the town here. Just dry, 
very dry thing here. The township is bounded by uh, on the north by the Long Creek, on the west by the Wheatland, and South Macon Townships. On the south by Millam Township, on the east by uh, Moultrie County. It has an area of 39 square miles. Oh, boy, that is wonderful. The township is well-drained by Finley, Big, and Sandy Creeks. Okay. So there's that. There's a lot of streams and shit. All That's- the water's leaving. It seems like it, and a lot of things are leaving from here. Um, The first settler was a guy named James Finley. He came from Kentucky in 1827 and built a cabin out of just fucking... He didn't, like, make lumber. He just built it out of logs. Just chopped trees down and laid them on top of each other and was like, that's a house now. (laughs) Didn't trade them. Didn't... Didn't no. take the bark off, just Un, stacked them. Unhewn logs is what they okay. said. <laughs> That's just nothing there. Um, uh, Rob Lowe, actually. Oh? Rob Lowe built the first mill in Mount Zion Township in 1835. Not, not that, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> and then, then he filmed himself having sex with girls. a girl inside of the mill. <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> That was, yeah. <laughs> that's what happened there. Um, it was a band mill run by horsepower. Okay, holy shit. Uh-huh. So reviews of this town, this is the worst review I could find on okay. here. This is a three-star review, the worst one. Uh, quote, Mount Zion is a quaint little town with a small population of predominantly white people. This does not seem to be what the town is looking for. They are a small town uh, small town people with a with big-time vision. Christianity is the acclaimed unofficial religion. Town gatherings for fall or spring bubble into a bountiful array of smiling children. What the fuck kind of review is this? The children they put, are what? Well, hold on, bubbling a, and a bubbling into a ba- bubble into a bountiful array of smiling children. That's a citizen. That Calm down, that? Longfellow. Relax. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Holy Walt Whitman shit. over here, loving his place. My God. <laughs> the children are very adaptive in regards to cultural variations. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> this could only be reflective of the acceptance and open-mindedness of the loving, qualified leaders or mentors. This is the mayor, or like the mayor's wife. The loving, qualified leaders? Who calls their mayor a loving, qualified leader or anybody who runs Nobody's their town? Nobody's ever said that, except for like maybe their Never. assistant or somebody that wants them to run for president yeah so they can say i've been on board the whole time or their aunt who's right. like he's such a good boy he yeah. was always a good he was a nice boy he used to mow my lawn i didn't even have to ask him he just come over and start barack mowing. obama's brother wouldn't have written that shit about him. nobody would that's the craziest <laughs> thing i've ever seen this is like a yeah it's like they're it's a it it's like, like a marketing feel, yeah it feels just so foreign and it's just very odd it's an odd thing it's very strange uh here's four stars here uh there's a low crime rate and i don't have to worry about packages disappearing okay that's good okay also yeah also the traffic is not very congested while at the same time the city is surprisingly clean and there's not a lot of pollution but the whole town smells bad because of a giant (laughs) soybean processing factories nearby also i worry about lung damage caused by a glass making factory nearby that stores crushed glass outside why are you giving this town four stars (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about you just said the town's it reeks and you're worried that you have glass in your lungs but four stars what the fuck is that i'm coughing up blood and everything smells bad <laughs> what would you what would they have to do to you in this town to give it one star this person what like I'm, the mayor would have to come over rip them from their home strip them naked and march them through the streets while kicking them in the ass and blowing a bugle like what the hang fuck? them upside down and pack their ass full of broken glass <laughs> and they'd be like listen 
You know what? Still, though, the traffic wasn't bad during the parade. I was, they were marching me down the street. People could still drive right by if they wanted to. So, And my packages, I, to- <laughs> I did order some shit from Amazon. When I got home from the torture, all my shit was there. So, you know what? Four stars. I got to my murder trial where they're framing me for murder. Surprisingly easy. <laughs> Surprisingly easy. Not bad. So strange. Uh, four stars. If you like small towns, it's not a bad place to live. It's very safe, but there's not a lot of things to do past 10 o'clock. Well, that's a trade-off that you make. Because past 10 o'clock is when shit's not safe. So if there's nothing to do and you're in your house, then it's safe. Uh, Plenty of families live here, but to be fair, there isn't a lot of diversity of culture. I would like to see more recreational places and more activities, especially later at night. All those things bring more crime. Recreation brings people in. That's part of the thing. If there's nothing going night, on, people get drunk and hopped up on something or other. Yeah. If there's nothing shit going on, going awry. nothing to do. Uh, four stars. Mount Zion is a quiet, safe place to live and work. That's good. The only downside is that the area around it is so rural, there's not much to do nearby. Most good entertainment restaurants and stores are at least 10 minutes away, usually much more. And here is five stars, the supreme town. Yeah. I have been living in Mount Zion for 10 years, and it is safe and welcoming. I love the fact that wherever I go, I always run into somebody I know. Ugh, Jesus. One thing I would like to see change is that it would be nice for them to bring something to town that would give it more revenue, like a new park, for example. What fucking park brings in revenue? How does that make money? Sir? How does that a park make money? All the money. Yeah, no one. And then no, no. That's a hundred percent overhead. That's all overhead. Yeah, that's all shit to, to fix and clean and. This and is liabilities. the guy that's never owned a business in his life. This no, is the guy that's a, worked for the man forever. Just a big space where people come for free. You know, to, rev, to generate revenue. If you're saying you a park should be there, great, but not to generate revenue. That's not. Right. Those don't go together. I understand. I, I like having nice things to look at, too, but understand that that costs money. That's Yeah, that's not going to generate shit. So people in this town, population 5,979, and that's in all of the Mount Zions. That's Mount Zion Township and this and that. They're all a bunch of little places. It's up 32% since 1990. So people are going there. Uh, More females than males by a lot. It's like 53.5% female, which is well over the national average and kind of odd when you're talking about 6,000 people. That's a big A big pool. Uh, Median age is older, 41 and a half. But it's all, everybody is like 35 to 45 or 5 to 9 years old. Yeah. That's it. So it's all obviously like, you know, families and shit like that with kids. Uh, Married population, 60%. So that Mm -hmm. goes right along with that. Um, That's very high. The divorce rate is higher than normal actually also, which, you know, getting married a lot, you're going to get divorced. Some right. do. That's how that fifty percent of those end. That's how it works here. So race of this town, as it's they, a lot of a lot of uh, allusions to it in the reviews of like the diver- the cultural makeup here. Right. Uh, it's eighty eight percent white, which is high. Three point three percent black, which is about a quarter of the normal, and point five percent Asian, and one point eight percent Hispanic. So. It's pretty fucking white, basically. Yeah. That's not not a lot of anything else going on here. Forty nine percent are religious, which is about average in the rest of the country, and they are spread. It's the Midwest, so they are spread out all over the place. There's some Catholics, some Baptists, a Methodist, a couple of Presbyterians here and there. Yeah. Hodgepodge Throw, of Christianity. Hodgepodge of Christianity. Zero point zero percent Jewish, though. None yeah. of that hodged or podged in there at all. <laughs> and then three percent Islam, which is a really? lot actually. That's high. There must be a community there. 
There has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Macon County uh, in the last elections or the last presidential election, 38 percent of the people in this county voted uh, Democratic and 56 percent voted Republican, about 6 percent independent. So you got that. Unemployment rate here is a little bit high. A little bit higher than normal, but the household income is also a little bit higher than normal. So, really, uh, median household income here is about seventy one thousand one hundred dollars a year, which How is about this. That's over the fifty seven thousand dollar normal. Almost twenty percent of the people here make a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand a year, household wise, awesome. which is great. That's that's really good. That's uh, why you got four star reviews because there's some fucking money to be made. That's the thing that helps. Uh, the jobs though are disproportionately manufacturing jobs, which is okay tough because those come and go so that's that's the problem right now they're doing okay but in five ten years who the fuck knows who knows it's 24 percent of the jobs here are manufacturing it's 10 percent in the rest of the country so that's what are they making do you know that's a lot i don't know what the hell they're making there who knows soybeans and glass apparently from what i understand (laughs) that's that's part of it uh now the cost of living in this town of course uh is a little bit low too 100 is regular average par here it is 78.5 so a okay. little bit low, but the housing is only 54, Excellent. which is low. Median home I love cost. A cheap house. Yeah, I know you do. I know. You're always, no matter how bad we describe a place, people are like, it's awful. It smells like soybeans. You'll hear like a house is 82 grand. And you're like, I could live there. Like, <laughs> I could I hack it. I could hack it. As long as my house is cheap, I don't care if I'm miserable. So <laughs> That's uh, my, I think my biggest problem is that I am historically cheap. Like, it's yeah. not even, it's not even, oh, Jimmy's pretty frugal. No, to Jimmy's the point fucking... of making yourself miserable. It's <laughs> <laughs> to the point of wanting to live in terrible places so you're not worried about your mortgage. It's awesome. So, uh, yeah, $125,100 is the median home cost here. Okay. So that's super low. And obviously, I'm sure that all of you by now are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt (laughs) to move here. So if you are, we have for you the Mount Zion, Illinois Real Estate Report. Your average two-bedroom rental here goes for about $765, which is very low. It's almost yeah. half. Yeah, it's a little over Super half. Super affordable. Yeah. I found a four-bedroom, two-bath, 1,543-square-foot house. Needs a lot of updating. I mean, it yeah. looks like it's 1989 in this joint. But four bedrooms? Four-bedroom, two-bath, fifteen, almost 1,600 square feet. So... You got a couple not of, enough square footage for that. No, but you got a couple of kids and stuff them in there. You know, if you have three kids and a, and a low budget, this is a good place to be. That'll do it. Yeah. Uh, $104,900. Wow. So, I mean, you can update it a little bit for that yeah, kind of yeah. price. Uh, I found a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, 1,800-square-foot house. There you uh, go. It's updated a little bit more. It's very plain. Yeah. It's a decent house. That's what I'd call it. I go, that's a decent house. Yeah. Uh, one hundred twenty grand. Okay. That's and that's Definitely about your doable. That's yeah. about the average there. So that's kind of your average house. And then I found uh, you know chain link fence, all that kind right. of shit. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. I found a four bedroom, three and a half bath, four thousand four hundred fifty eight square foot house. My God, it's new looking, updated, three car yeah. garage, nice big house, three hundred twenty grand for that. <laughs> That would be two million dollars in Phoenix. That's for sure. Three hundred twenty five thousand. Forty, almost forty five hundred. Four thousand. Fucking hell. (laughs) That would be so expensive. It's uh, it's it's a nice house too. Three hundred grand. Three (laughs) twenty. Like you might be able to get them down to three ten. Like what? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Three hours from Chicago. Two hours from St. Louis. 
That's a deal, man. That's not bad. I'm telling you. So uh, things, if you don't mind the crushed glass in your lungs, it's yeah. <laughs> it's a bargain. <laughs> Maybe it's got a real heavy soybean scent. Maybe it's a right. little valley that keeps it, a little soy pocket. So uh, things to do here, Pony Express days. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I love whatever it's some like old-timey, like heritage festival days and all this yeah. shit. Whatever it's something old-timey, you're like, oh, no. Oh, like people Christ. are going to dress up in old fucking yeah. <laughs> costumes and this embarrass not themselves. not good, you guys. And drive you down the road on tractors. You know what else was happening tractors. back then? It's not a good thing to remember. <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> but they're going to remember it, goddammit. Oh, yeah. So uh, this uh, they have, I'll go through the days of this bitch because it's got a lot going on. Oh, boy. Thursday, August 16th. This was from two years ago. or Yeah, two years ago because it got canceled last year. W- was this a route on the Pony Express? Is that why they do it? It's like a stopover or it's something like for those It's like the Pony guys? Express camp, uh, uh, fairgrounds or something. So okay. I don't know if. Maybe. They're just real proud of that shit. They just love it there. Uh, the Thursday, August 16th, uh, Carnival, they have a big carnival, yeah. I guess, which is just going to take your money in crooked <laughs> games of chance. <laughs> it's Game of chance? A game Christ, of, they're I not wish skill. it was chance. Game well, they're of, not games game of, of skill. <laughs> yeah. It's this a skill for somebody to try to fucking rig it and That's steal true. your money. <laughs> games of uh, games of thievery here. Games um, of charity. That's family night that night so yeah. you can steal from the children and grandma as well that's great we'll round everybody up and take their money that's perfect under the guise of family bonding we're gonna steal your money oh, sorry you didn't win that knockoff minion i apologize kid you're fucking shit out of luck sorry you didn't you didn't win the memo yeah <laughs> sorry that ball didn't bounce inside the goldfish bowl i really am i really wanted it to but it's not gonna <laughs> it's also armband night I don't know what that means, but it scares me. Yeah. <laughs> There's hope... never been a group that an armband has been a <laughs> I positive thing. I don't know. what I saw that. I'm like, oh, my, that's not good at all. Armband night. That's not great. Yeah. But who knows? It could be an armband. That's We don't know what it's all about. Uh, oh, sp- why does this armband have a crooked X on it? <laughs> What's going on there? I think my X melted. <laughs> And we're not saying you're Nazi, Central Illinois. You're not Southern Illinois, for God's sake. Thank Christ. Thank God for you. You're very close. They'll like that because everybody in Illinois makes fun of Southern Illinois. So that's good. It's a Um, bad area. So uh, the at the special event event arena, they have the flip side of fame. That's a band mm. that's playing. Oh, the flip side of fame. You know, not famous. I was going to say the flips. They're. I think they're wrong in their semantics. There, the flip side. <laughs> Would be you'd have to have one to have a side to flip. (laughs) This is just a two-sided shit coin because I don't know who these people are. (laughs) This has a it's a coin with a picture of Abe Lincoln squatting and taking a dump on it. That's what that is. That's what you get. Both sides. That's the flip side. Yeah, that's on both sides. No, the other one he's just he's just got his cock in his hand, grabbing it. Fuck you, like Johnny Rotten. Oh my god, it gets worse. He's flipping it, (laughs) flipping off the sculptor while he's grabbing his balls. Like he's like it's a Sex Pistols concert. That's what's going on. Like fucking Tupac. Yeah. So uh, then there's Knockerball Max is going on after that. Oh boy! I don't know if that's large-breasted women playing some sort of ball game, or I don't know what right. that is, but it's or large-breasted women stomping on somebody's balls. Maybe that's we don't know what happens here. It's they have armbands on. Anything's possible. So <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Um. Then it's bike night also yeah. that night. So yeah. I don't know. If, I think motorcycles, motorcycles I hope. Yeah. Uh, next night, another carnival, another armband. Then the Odd Fellows Steak Dinner. 
Oddfellows okay. is a social club. Is it? Yeah, my little league, one of the teams was sponsored by Oddfellows. Really? Like four of the teams in my little league were sponsored by social clubs. Is that weird? Is that a bar? <laughs> no, no, it's a social club. It's like a... Like a sex, like no, 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 like a like where like uh, old men fucking gather and play cards and oh. you know like the Ravenite, a fucking social club. Not okay. that the Odd Fellows are mafia; they're just a right, bunch right, of old right. pipe fitters, probably. But it's like a bar, though, right? It's or like yeah, a it's a private club kind yeah. of a thing. Right. Yeah, so that's yeah. What, like okay. half the teams in the league were all sponsored by. I don't like the word clubs. social club. It leaves too much to my sick imagination. Well, yeah, social. <laughs> you imagine people are jizzing on each other. That's right. the most social activity you can imagine. <laughs> Because you say social club, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like a nightclub. You're like, no. And I was like, oh, my God, what could it possibly be? (laughs) Oh, no. This is creepy. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Then uh, the band playing that night is the Brothers Odd. Mm -hmm. There you go. So there's those guys. Uh, And then more knocker ball that night. Now, (laughs) Saturday is when things pick up. There's a carnival, but that goes on early. Then there's a road race. I don't know. What's up with that? That sounds dangerous. Mud volleyball after that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's fun garden tractor pulls so these what? are garden tractors that are pulling shit just you soup up your garden tractor i guess i like that that sounds okay <laughs> how um, badass can you get your john deere let's m- see it more about engineering yeah my brother would be great at that he'd have yeah. like, <laughs> he would yeah. have like this he gun. builds sick things yeah he builds- i've never seen somebody put a a manual transmission into an automatic vehicle ever. just to I've, do it I've, just because he felt like it <laughs> never like, heard of it and also lifted a bunch too in the process right. as well <laughs> it's like, weird like, did you, why do you have the transmission oh i'm gonna put a manual in it why, why? <laughs> why okay sure yeah, i just saw you know, some youtube videos you're like what? <laughs> what's wrong with you, you know the person that bought that paid extra for that yeah, automatic now you're gonna yeah, pay extra like to get that. it back yeah, i don't want that <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of shit after that, there's something I don't like. Just the sound of it. It's like armband night. Could be the most mm-hmm. beautiful, sweet thing in the world that makes me feel weird. The k- kitty, Jesus, kitty slash adult pedal tractor pull. Nope. Uh, I, I get that it's probably like a mom and, and her yep. son like pedaling yep. a tractor together and going, come on, Timmy, you can do it. But kitty slash adult anything makes me <laughs> creeped out. I don't like it. And then the gun whiskey band is after that. Oh, yeah. That's a, you know they're good. What do they like, everybody? People love guns. Well, <laughs> fuck, I love whiskey, too. Shit. Look at the gun whiskey band. I don't know. There's a bunch of shit people like. Is it gun with two N's? No. It's no. one N. One N. Gun wow. whiskey <laughs> band. That's it. And then uh, after them, River Bottom Nightmare Band is playing. So yeah, I, be- I believe they're a nightmare. And I have to show you. I'll turn the monitor oh, toward my you. God, I can't Here wait. are the pictures of all these people. <laughs> Look at the, and then the one uh, coming too, the Feudin Hillbillies. <laughs> the Feudin, Feudin apostrophe. No yeah. Hillbillies. And they're pointing at the middle guy. He's the hillbilly. <laughs> He's the one. He's a, we don't like him. He's no good. And then quickly, I found another thing for a free concert on the hill night they have. Uh-huh. And they have an advertisement for Gospel Night featuring St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church with Larry Crawford on the Mount Zion Baptist Church, which oh, yeah. sounds like, oh, this is going to be whatever. It says, bring blankets and chairs for hill seating. Grab yourself a Billy hot dog, a cold beer, and stake out your favorite spot on the hill. I'm like, that's some church right there. <laughs> This isn't like coming, you know, everybody, people, this is grab yourself some beer and some hot dogs and we're going to sing about Jesus. Let's get on. Fuck it. Let's let's do it in the fun way. Also, uh, 
that's the part that's free. You're, you mean to tell me it costs money to see the feud in hillbillies? <laughs> you have to pay to see the feud in hillbillies. You got to we'll pay to find out. For free. You got to pay to find out who's wrong in that scenario. So <laughs> I got news for you. It's you if you paid. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're you fucked up. You're the wrong one. So uh, crime rate in this town. What we're interested in here is about property crime is about one third of the national average. So two thirds under the national average. So mm-hmm. very low. They don't mm-hmm. steal your Amazon packages, as the review very said. Very honest people. The, the, the review has proven out in these <laughs> statistics. And then violent crime, murder, rape, robbery, and of course assault. The Mount Rushmore of crime is uh, under half of the national average. So wow, pretty damn safe place, I gotta say. It's just Look like at this. Just like everybody says, it's uh, not a lot to do after 10 p.m., but it's a safe place. So let's talk about a murder. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Being that it's so safe, we kind of have to talk about a murder. So, Hey, everybody. Just going to take a quick break from the show and tell you about a wonderful company that does fabulous things for your skin, Curology. Oh, Curology.com. C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com. Absolutely. And Curology, this is what makes them awesome and different. As you go uh-huh. on their website, you go to Curology.com, yeah. and then you figure out, they have you take a, a questionnaire. Sure. So it figures out exactly what kind of skin you have, exactly what your problems are, exactly what you're yeah. trying to figure out and get better, yeah. and then they figure out the perfect product for you. Oh, that's it's great. really awesome stuff. Yeah, it's personalized rather than having this just general... Because everybody's skin's different. I mean, it's sure, like yeah. skin, hair, all that's different for different people. Yeah. So to have it personalized for you is fantastic. And they, they make personalized prescription skincare products here. Wow. Uh, their prescription skincare uses a combination of three clinically researched ingredients, making it more effective than non-prescription cleansers and moisturizers alone. And it really is. It's really good stuff. For a limited time, you can get your first Curology skincare box for just $5 when you go to Curology dot com slash small town go to curology.com slash small town for this free offer that's curology c-u-r-o-l-o-g-y dot com slash small town trial is 30 days applies only to your first box subject to consultation new subscribers only now back to the show Hey, everybody, just going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about a sponsor that can keep you safe, Simply Safe. SimplySafe.com, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com. Absolutely. Did you know that according to FBI property crime data, most home break-ins happen in broad daylight? Oh, my. Is that right? So as the days are getting longer this spring, you want to protect your home with Simply Safe. It's the award-winning home security system that Jimmy and I both use to protect our homes, our studios, customers, and experts. Everybody is in agreement about one thing, and that Simply Safe is awesome. And you install your system your way. It's easy to do it yourself. Even we did it, so you can do it. Uh, or you can get their professionals to do it for you. You can test it out with absolutely no risk to you with Simply Safe 60-day risk-free trial. You don't love it, return. Turn it for a full refund. You bet. So protect your home today. Our listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash small. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com slash small. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Now back to the show. Let's do this. It wasn't safe for. Some people it definitely wasn't safe for. Let us go back to September 29th, 1996. Mm. Okay, so not too far back. 
No. Um, these people, a couple of them even have cell phones. I'm sure, sure. You know, yeah. there's no like internet on they're, them. They're, they're smidge heavy, but barely yeah. an internet. But yeah. if you needed to get a hold of them for $6 a minute, you could do it. <laughs> Remember the car phones that people would have like mounted in the car? Right. That yeah. were literally like four dollars and eighty cents a minute. For, right. You know, the, if you went to touch it, people were like don't touch that. It's four dollars and eight. I was like, why do you have it in your car? If it comes off the hook, they start charging me. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> why do you have it in your car? Like, what emergency could possibly happen that you don't yeah. want to? So anyway, uh, this uh, is a Sunday afternoon. A nice. It's a late September, but it's it's warm. It's a warm late September. So anytime back east or in the Midwest. When you get kind of that late summer, you know, early fall, nice weather, people are just, they're outside soaking it in because yeah. they know, especially in central Illinois, you know that's not going to last. This is the last of it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's going to change like that, and it's going to yeah. be windy and cold and shitty, and it's not going to be anything like this very soon. So it's Lake Shelbyville here nearby. Mm-hmm. Lake Shelbyville, about 3.30 p.m., okay? Nice people are out. Uh, nice people are out fishing. They're just fishing, a man and his wife, yeah. and just just hanging out, fishing. Uh, it is, uh, who is it here? Seabaugh uh, is his name, and his wife, Sherry. So his last name is Seabaugh, and his wife, Sherry, are out fishing in a boat. Okay. On the, on the, it's like a small lake, very, very nice, idyllic, getting that last, that last thing in here. Uh, it's uh, near Finley Marina, just off of Finley Marina. They see uh, near the shore in about two inches of water, they see a gray plastic trash bag over there. Yeah. That looks kind of weird. Fire up the motor and let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. They go, let's go look at it. Right. You go and look at uh, anything in a plastic trash bag in a fucking lake that you find floating. Whatever's in there is now yours. I'm not responsible for that. I don't want to know about it. Nothing. So um, instead, they go over and take a peek at it here <laughs> for some reason. Ugh. And uh, Sherry calls the sheriff's department um, when, you know, when they all go back to where the bag first was. That's um, about one mile from the coal shaft bridge and about three quarters of a mile from the Finley Marina, if you're yep. from that area. So Jeff Thomas, the chief deputy with the uh, county sheriff's department here, meets Tracy and Sherry Seabaugh, the uh the Fisher people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the area where the plastic bag was found was difficult to get to without a boat. There's a lot of, you know, grown in and shit. So yeah. that time of year, too, everything's grown in from the summer. Yeah. There's no right. trail. You're not getting through that shit. Pricker no. bushes. Summer and, rains. Everything's big. It's beautiful. It's, it's yeah, it's gorgeous. It's right. a nice time of year there. So um, they see you really had to get there with a boat, and there was no footprint seen on the shoreline. So they think that this anything here had to kind of either wash up over here or right. be taken by boat. This no came one in the water somewhere else. Yeah, nobody just walked out there and put it in two inches of water, walked sure. away. Um, so uh, Deputy Thomas here, he cuts into the plastic bag oh, boy. and discovers a human head. Yeah, of course he did. Just a severed head in a bag. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, that's a. Ah. just the head <laughs> ha just a head in a bag like a yep. like there's a bowling ball in there just right. double wrapped in gray plastic trash bag with duct tape around it mm-hmm. so like it's a well it's circular anybody want to guess what it is that's what you're I probably mean. right and it's floating and <laughs> yeah. or it's washed up on shore and it looks like right. someone threw it out on purpose and duct taped yeah. it up want to guess Nobody, nobody throws a basketball away like this. Nope. And um, the the woman who found it, Sherry Seaboss, said it. 
it felt like a head when they went up and like pushed on it. They were like, that oh, feels my. like a head. Let's call the cops. That's She's why a they did. It. Woman. She can knows you what imagine? Feels like. Yeah. Can you? I'm not poking and prod neither. Nope. That's crazy. So, but they do. So, thankfully for this person's family, they do because sure. now they're found. But he cuts in, discovers a human head. He does says he doesn't touch the head, nor does he remove it from the bag. Cuts it open, sees it's a head. Goes, holy shit! This is evidence, obviously, yep. of something. Holy shit! This is for a coroner. <laughs> Yeah, puts it and he calls the coroner immediately. Yeah. And uh, crime scene and all that shit. Peep, the texts come and it's oh. overrun immediately. You find yeah. a head, that tends to bring the attention out. It's a problem. If you find a whole body, it's a lot of attention. But if it's a head, yeah. people are like, holy shit. Seems like it should be more attention because uh, we've yeah. got to find the rest. We got A, we have to find the rest. And B, yeah. whoever killed this person took their fucking head off. That's pretty right. dangerous. This wasn't a <laughs> wasn't an accident, you know? This no. was uh, this wasn't I a suicide. Yeah. They couldn't have cut their head off, wrapped it twice in a plastic bag, and then duct tape. Yeah. That would have been really difficult. So um, Deputy Thomas gets the coroner there. Everybody arrives about 45 minutes later, turns into a mob scene down there. Mm-hmm. Officer Joe Seiferman, who will come back into the story a bunch of times, he was called out there where he was met by Deputy Thomas. They process the scene, and the head is transferred to the local funeral home where it's kept in the embalming room. Yeah. I just didn't know if you find a head and not the rest of shit, where does the head go? That's right. apparent. It goes to a funeral home where they keep it in the embalming room because they have I one of those. I hope it doesn't just go to like the evidence locker at the police that, station. That's, that's a good place for it to be. I was seriously wondering where it is. Yeah. Do you just put yeah. it in a morgue drawer by itself? Just a head? Yeah, what do like, you do? Yeah. What do you do with a head? So there you go. So if you work in a funeral home, you might get a head coming in one of these days. Yeah. Just, oh, we got this. Be careful. That's all we got. We'll find the rest. (laughs) We'll find it. Don't worry. We'll put it back together again here. So uh, Sifferman observed cinders and vegetation stuck in the hair. Oh, so good clue. That's yeah. So he takes these items out with a you know tweezer and puts them and places them into an evidence bag. Sure, seems like that makes sense. Uh, The head, like I said, was in two plastic bags. The outer bag was closed with duct tape, and the inner bag was tied by a knot. Mm-hmm. So very on purpose. Now, uh, Greg Rowe, I, that's hilarious because that's that guy's name and Stevie. That's the guy who uh, Stevie, the documentary. That's yeah. I believe that is the uh, I'm running the Aryan Brotherhood around here. I believe that's <laughs> is that the guy's his name, name Greg is Rowe? Greg Rowe. I, I'm almost positive it is. And this Isn't is this literally the same area. <laughs> it is literally central Illinois. It's, that's fucking funny. I want it to be him. I do too, but I don't think it is because this is literally the same time Stevie was being filmed. Oh, okay. So yeah, I don't think he was a conservation police officer at that point. If he was, <laughs> God help everybody there because, wow, what a psychopath. So yeah. he participated in a search of the lake that took place the next day on Monday morning. Roe finds a bag floating near the shore in a cove northeast of Finley Marina. He doesn't call touch the bag, but he calls state police investigators. The bag contains two hands. Okay. Just two hands. Uh, we're getting there, but not so, near fast enough. No, a head and two hands is like... Two discoveries, you know, not even half a body. That's no. terrible. And that's like how Russian mobsters kill people and yeah. to ID them. Remember in The right. Wire? Did he have you, a head? You put those there, have hands and then the body is somewhere else. Yeah, usually, but not here, yeah. though. There's other stuff okay. here. All right. So um, that is if fucking have hands. Then it is not mine. Then it's not that. Then it's not us. Yeah. <laughs> so the sheriff, county sheriff uh, Kendall and another county sheriff here from another county ended up finding a plastic bag near the uh, uh, near against a tree trunk 
near the east shore, about one mile north of Finley Bridge. This bag contained the right chest area and a right upper arm. Oh my god, that's so much sectioning. This is this is fucking bad, man. This is rough. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, they searched more people. They kept searching the East Shore where the bags were found. Um, they walked north of that area and discovered another bag. Uh, this was. Uh, I'm sorry. They found a body part that's not in a bag. Oh no! They find a left thigh that was outside a plastic bag. Um, oh god! So they kept is the bag there, or is it just no bag? Just There's a, no bag. Just a body piece. Just a, just oh, a, just a left thigh laying yeah. on the shore by the shore. Oh. Um, so they continue north because that seems to be the trail of of yeah. you have to follow a trail of body parts Ugh. knowing. And this is the fucked up part. As you're doing this, you're I'm sure if you're an investigator, you're hoping you find more. But at the same time, as a human, you're like, Jesus Christ, I'd hope we don't find any more. I don't want to see more of this. But, you know, you're going to find more as you're going. Yeah. Like, you know, there's right. more. This is clearly where the body was left. Um, and so, at first, it's like every trash bag you see, you're like, fuck, I got to do it again. And then yeah. little wild card, no trash bag. Surprise. It's just, just a, a thigh. Just a thigh. Just, uh. a, just a thigh laying there. Uh, they continued north and found another plastic bag. This mm-hmm. containing two feet. Okay. Just two feet. We're almost done. Um, yeah, this is um, this is fucked up, man. So. A crime scene tech with the Illinois State Police collected the plastic bags here and turned them over to the coroner. The officer also uh, looked around the bridge, Finley Bridge, Findley Bridge it is, to find anything suspicious. He found what appeared to be blood on the north rail of the Finley Bridge. He collected the evidence with, you know, the cotton swab and all that. He also noticed a white mark and a reddish-brown stain near the area of the blood stain. So they said there was a possibility that was made by a car, though. That's why he was collecting it. They didn't know. But they're collecting everything here. So, um, wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That Sherry Seaboss said, I thought I felt a human head inside. That was her oh, quote to the newspaper. Jesus oh. Christ. So, um, whew, man. So let's examine this. Um, okay. It's a young female. That's what they can tell. It's, all young, it's the same person? It's all the same person. Thank young God. female. Um, she's been shot seven times in the head with a small caliber Wow. Uh, uh, round That's too much and dismembered obviously you gotta do that uh, and yeah dismembered with some kind of power saw they believe oh, God. um gee, that seems to be a popular choice for the dismemberment class you know whenever we're yeah. talking about this shit so a pathologist that performed the autopsy here um through dental records they identify who it is it's a 23 year old local woman named karen slover and uh, she is, we'll talk about her in a minute. She's a mother of a three-year-old boy. Oh, no. And uh, we'll talk all about her. So uh, somebody was really, really intent on making her disappear, clearly, because... Very mad at her. Very mad at her and very much not wanting her to get found, at least right. in, in a hole. Uh, so he conducts the autopsy, this guy. He identified seven gunshot wounds to the head as the cause of death. Six, it was one to the back of the head. And then six on the left side of the head. So one, so, she went down, and she was clearly laying on her right. Back of the head, falls yeah. down. Bang, 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 bang. Just fucking, this, there you go. So much. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. Um, and also, all the gunshots were from inches away. Really? So this wasn't like, uh, yeah, this this is all very calculated. The, this sounds like a Russian mob hit. Yeah. But you'd say, why would a central Illinois, you know, 23-year-old mother of... Three or mother of a three-year-old who works at a newspaper 
be right. the subject of a mob hit. And it turns out she's not. But this is uh, this is fucking bad, man. Uh, so yeah, they uh, the they brought a fire ex- arms expert in. He examined the bullet and bullet fragments. In the case, most of the fragments were too damaged for identification. Uh-huh. At least four of the pieces were fired from a twenty-two caliber uh, weapon here. The murder weapon could have been a twenty-two caliber rifle or a semi-automatic pistol or a revolver. They didn't know. Okay. So, so it's 22 long rifle round. Just, okay. Yeah, it's a twenty-two caliber deal mm-hmm. here. The bullets could not have come from a twenty-five automatic. They ruled that out. Okay. So... Um, Several pieces of evidence were collected here, including a partial pant leg from a jean, uh, plastic bags, socks from the feet. The feet had socks on them, which is a strange thing to cut the feet off and leave the socks on. Is a That almost seems like uh, staging of some kind, you know? Yeah. Like from a profile point of view. Uh, duct tape used to close the bag, obviously. The belt and jeans from the waist area of the body. And some red underwear. Because they ended up finding most of every, all the rest of her later on here. Um, inside one of the bags that contained the hands and forearms of uh, Karen, uh, they also found a piece of broken concrete, oh. obviously used to weight down, weigh it down. Yeah. Weigh it down. Another piece of concrete was found in the bag containing the right shoulder area of the victim, too. So they found that. And uh, there's also a partial white sleeve found in this bag. But um, they said the problem with the if you're going to weigh a ba- if you're going to weigh a body down with concrete, you have to you can't the gases will build up and it'll float back up to the top. Right. That's why they stab bodies before they dump them. OK. They fucking. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like mob guys who do hits know they have to fucking stab the shit out of a body before they dump it in the river or else it's just going to float. Wow. So that's a, one of those weird things. I don't know if I should tell people that probably oh, if you God, didn't know that already. Now I do. God <laughs> it's, damn it. <laughs> you know too much, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Pictures of the hand showed that some of the fingernails were longer than others, and some appeared to have substances under the fingernails. Uh, the police decide against taking fingernail scrapings, though, because they say it does not seem like there was any kind of struggle based on the body, based on there's no bruising, there's no scratch, there's no like things like that. Who gives a shit? You scrape anyway. I agree I with that. I could give a fuck don't. if it looks like... It doesn't look like it. Well, so? yeah. Let's not clog up the lab. Like we're, right. we found this, we found her in pieces. Let's clog up the lab for this one, okay? Yeah. The hands did not show any signs of injury, indicating that there was no struggle. And uh, he also said that he would not expect blood spatter to occur as the body was being cut because blood stops flowing after death and coagulates within five to ten minutes. Now, here's something that's a little. This is a little sensitive here and rough. Uh, sand was found inside of her vagina really? area no, there, vaginal That's area. That's crazy. Uh, Murphy, the the guy who examined her, explained that prior to rigor mortis setting in, uh, the muscles of the body would relax, and this could explain how some of the sand could get in there. Uh, they said the sand entered prior to rigor mortis and then was trapped inside as it expanded in water because they said she had a tampon as well, so uh, that would be oh, that. No. So... There, that comes important later when there's a scientific uh, battle over this. Okay. So um, they said the uh, uh, there's also some skin irregularity on the bridge of the nose, which could have been a result of some trauma prior to the death. Irregularities around the eyes look like they were from after death, and two areas of discoloration behind the ear on the right mandible could indicate bruising and be, could be pre-trauma death. They don't, they're not sure. 
So uh, the doctor said he believed it was a short time between death and dismemberment, anywhere from minutes to hours, but not days, basically. He said it was apparent that she died minutes after being shot, though. So the gunshot wounds did it, and uh, they indicate that uh, she was shot at a downward angle of about 30 to 45 degrees. So they got real real Shiny. scientific. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's that, and... Uh, investigation obviously they want to know what the fuck's going on here this is uh you know young mothers getting dismembered and thrown in the lake it's not good for overall seems bad for morale of everybody you know especially for the uh what was it the qualified caring leaders that you think they're the ones who are like we got to figure this shit out now i don't give a fuck figure it out also bad for the for the promo for the feud and hillbillies in their concert series that's coming up (laughs) that's true they're like geez this is gonna affect our ticket sales fuck (laughs) there's a madman on the loose more than our terrible name (laughs) it's really gonna hurt it (laughs) so they the police say we're trying to go back and reconstruct what took place in her life over the last few days to see if we can rule out people we don't need to be looking at Okay. That makes sense. So um, it's like we said, Karen Hearn Slover is her name. She's Slover is her married name. Hearn is her maiden name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the town freaks the fuck out, is to yeah. put it mildly. Yeah. They, as you saw the reviews, this is a place that's a quiet family, nothing going on after 10. This shit is not cool at all. It doesn't for them. happen here. No. Uh, so they have to put a big thing out in the paper saying, though the police believe her murder was not a random act of violence, they, there's a whole bunch of things that it would you know, be normal to fear for your safety right now. And there's a whole list of, you know, whether you're in a car or walking, it's important to look around and be aware of who's around and what's going on. Literally, Here's they the put thing, that in the though, paper. That should calm you down in terms of like this was obviously somebody that was near and dear to her, or, you know, somebody familiar with her. Uh, that's even more scary. Because, <laughs> yeah, somebody didn't know that uh, this person was like this. Obviously, yep. somebody's blending and, in. Right, I'm <laughs> terrified. Somebody is blending. That is fucking scary. So, uh, yeah, that's what they're telling us to do here. You quote: "You have to protect yourself. If you have concerns about a situation, don't put yourself in harm's way." Well, no mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> she works for the Herald and Review newspaper indicator. And uh, they put up a $10,000 reward for any information on her. Yeah, she's apparently very beloved here. She um, works as an advertising consultant there. And she's worked there for a while. And uh, the cops are really looking for her. They said there's a task force of uh, eight officers from five different law enforcement agencies. And they said it was a, not a random act of violence. That was a panel to decide whether it was a random act of violence or not. They literally had a panel. Quote, this panel, through our discussion, believes that this is not something the general public has to fear at this time. <laughs> well, thanks. We had a meeting about it. Yeah, the public should uh, certainly be cautious, but we don't believe this is someone who just randomly selected her. Well, that's terrific. Uh, good, to, good to fucking hear there. Now, a co-worker here, because they talked to the co-workers, obviously, sure. they, they said that, uh, quote, uh, I find it behind, beyond comprehension why someone would do this. It's a very, very sad day. We will walk through this together. We just have to, uh, have to take this one hour at a time. She was a very outgoing, very personable, very cheery person, said the editor of the paper. You couldn't help but uh, get to know her and like her. Mm-hmm. That's what she was all about. Um, she was supposed to show up to pick her son up from her in-law's house after work and never showed up. Yeah. 
That's how it works. Uh, the police say there's two or three suspects or possible suspects or leads of people that they have contact with, that she's had contact with, and that they want to take polygraphs. So they're kind of calling people on the carpet here. We got about three people. Imagine if you're knowing her, you're like, am I one of those people? Fuck. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to take a polygraph. So uh, they're looking at men who she's had relationships with or associations with her. Generally, if she has a feud with a woman at work, they're not going to cut her body into 14 pieces and put her in the lake. Only a man who wants to fuck the, her is going to do that. Yeah, you go off the supposits uh, right out of the gate, yeah. obviously. Uh, and then when that starts thinning out, then I guess you go to the ladies. I guess so. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to you're definitely going to look for uh, a spurned lover of some kind or something right. like that first, though. I love when they're mm. like, uh, nobody, nobody didn't like her. She was amazing. Everybody loved her. Uh, Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody didn't. You, you dummy. What kind somebody of <laughs> put her head into two plastic bags? So somebody that fucking adored her did this to her. Is that what you're saying? Well, OJ did say he loved Nicole very, very point. much. He said, "If I had done it, it would have only been because I loved her very, very much." That's literally what he said. So sick fucks apparently think that's a valid reason to kill somebody. Well, I loved her so much. I figured, you know. <laughs> If anyone had a right to kill her, it was me because I loved her so much. You know, <laughs> Jesus, ridiculous. Protecting her from all the monsters out there. Someone else was going to do it. And they wouldn't have been as caring as me. So uh, they said no one has been ruled out as a, as a suspect at this point. Everyone is a suspect. We haven't had time to rule anyone out. Everything is so fresh. We've been going 80 miles per hour on this all day. So they're ready to go here. Uh, they don't think it's connected to another case. The press is really asking if they think it's connected to another pa- case in Champaign County where a man posing as a sheriff's deputy attacked a woman. Uh, oh, my in that, God. In that case, he was wearing a uniform and driving a car with flashing red lights on it and stopped a woman in the morning of September 22nd and sexually assaulted her. So That might be the worst person on earth, the person that does that just, shit. That's a, that's a very, very, very scary person. That's yes. a very scary person. That person is the scum of the earth. That person, yeah, that's bad shit right there. So in that case, yeah, they're... Um, they uh, they don't think it's connected to that. They're saying okay. though, because they they're only saying that because they they found her car on the side of the road, like yeah. pulled over. So they were like, hmm, well, that's interesting. So the press jumped to that conclusion, but they didn't think so. They said that would be a pretty quick progression in a week from mm-hmm. a sexual assault and letting the woman go to literally dismembering somebody and wrapping them meticulously and throwing them in a fucking pond. It's a different thing. So uh, taking them apart. Yes, exactly. So let's that's yeah, cut with a power saw. So let's talk about the people here. Let's talk about Karen and find out what's up with her life here. Karen Hearn is her name. Karen Hearn's her maiden name. Karen Hearn Slover. And she goes by Karen Slover because she marries a man named Michael Slover Jr. And uh, Jr. here, they marry on January 2nd, 1993. Uh Uh, Karen was pregnant with a a little boy. They got married. Yeah, her. Uh, you've been there and done that. Been I know. there as fuck. And so, yeah, uh, they have a son a little later on in 1993 named Colton K O L T E N. They've okay. picked a very creative way to spell it. Um, and May 1996, they get a divorce. Okay. So that marriage, that yeah. it was a pretty quick marriage, and it was a pretty rocky marriage, and uh, yeah. it ended. I mean, that's pretty fast, obviously. Three years and a baby later, and it's over. It's over. So. Uh, September. I mean, that's the that's when they officially got a divorce. So I mean, right. it, it was over longer before oh, that. So, boy. 
September 27th. Let's go back because they remember she, the Fisher people found her on Monday yep. uh, or on Sunday, the 29th. This is Friday, the 27th. Let's go back to Karen Slover and her boyfriend, David Swan, with two N's. Yeah. Uh, he and the, they wake up in the morning. They were sleeping in the same place. Well, you know, stayed in the same place. Uh, they got up. They both took a shower. They've been dating for about a month. And uh, Swan's got a background to him. He'd been previously convicted of a felony. And uh, they believe it's aggravated battery was oh, he God. was convicted of. And um, he ended up that morning driving his company car to work. And Karen took his car to work. So she borrowed his car. Okay. It is a black, a 1992 black Pontiac Bonneville with the license plate CADS7. Okay. So CADS7. Seven. It's got a custom plate? Yeah, I think it's a custom plate, but I don't know what the hell that means. I don't get it either. That That's might, one of the ones that would drive you bananas. It would. It probably stands for something. It's probably yeah. he only knows the fuck he's talking about. So those are really annoying. You're like, yep. what are you doing? It's, you don't see it. You don't see right. your plate to get satisfaction out of it because you're, you're driving, driving the car. around annoying everybody. Yeah, you're just being a dick. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it, it means is. Nothing. Nothing. Just have a AQV seven four two, just like everybody Who else. Cares? Yeah, Who doesn't gives matter. A I don't get the personalized plate. I don't get it. <clears throat> Relax. Calm down. You're not. What do you care? Right. It's a goddamn license plate. So. Sh- she uh, um, she uh, leaves in that car. Um, she stops by her father's home around 830. Uh, he's got a home-based office, and she's on her way to a sales meeting in Springfield. So that's the, the paper's indicator, but she's got a sales meeting in Springfield. She stays there for about 45 minutes to an hour at her dad's place. She was wearing blue jeans and a white blouse, which are you know partial part of that right. outfit is found later on. We found some of that. Yeah, uh, she ends up going to work at the Herald and Review newspaper, 601 East William Street in Decatur. She's, like we said, an advertising consultant. Um, David Swan, her boyfriend, sees her again around 1.20 p.m. in the Herald and Review parking lot. Swan, that night, was going to a dress rehearsal, for a, or a wedding dress rehearsal, whatever the fuck, dress rehearsals for a show. Just a rehearsal. The wedding rehearsal he's going to. <laughs> rehearsal dinner, they call it? What the fuck? I don't know. So... He's going to watch people rehearse a wedding. It's the worst part of a wedding. It's really stupid because everyone's in <laughs> jeans and you're like, this is silly. What are we doing? Right. Um, this is just to appease the, the bride to let her know, we got it, honey. Don't yeah, worry. It'll be don't fine. Don't worry. Everyone knows which direction to walk down the aisle. We got it. We know which so. order. I know I have to walk with her. She's an asshole, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> but then again, if it was up to us. Yeah, we would be picking flowers like as we were going. We're like, just grab some out of the fuck. The hotel's got a shitload. Just fucking pop them <laughs> up, put them out on the tables. Like, so there's got to be yeah. a happy medium. Oh, is what I'm getting at. There's a right there. Glue them together. It'll be fine. <laughs> there's got to be a happy medium between I don't give a shit and it has to be perfect. <laughs> there has to be something in between those two. You things, there's right? got to be a happy medium between I want everything and I don't care. <laughs> That's what I mean. I want everything and I want nothing. There has to be a happy medium between there. Right. There should I think, be, but there's I think not. It was, I think me and Sarah found it. 
We just got married in the yard yeah. at, on a moment's notice. I the, think that well, was the, way do. the happy medium there was both people wanted nothing. That's the thing. We were both, I want nothing. And I was like, I want nothing either. We were like, this is great. I want nothing. I want less. I want nothing either. We were like going to go out to dinner with the family or something. We were like, we don't even want to do that. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do that either. Awesome. Let's get married in the yard. She's like, we can just have a few people over. And you're like, do we have to have them over? Yeah. How many people are we talking? <laughs> So me cook. Jesus Christ, and I did. So yeah. they, uh, so did she. We all cooked, and you did too. So uh, they, uh, he was going there, and Karen was going to pick up her son, which is all her and Michael Junior's son, Colton, and then go shopping for a dress to wear to the wedding. That's because she's going to go with him to the wedding, but not the wedding, not the yeah. rehearsal. Got it. So back at work here after they met in the parking lot. Uh, Alan Tapley is a guy's name. He owns Paris World. What is that? Want to guess what Paris World is? Just um, hear your guess does he it. sell shit that's baguettes? <laughs> <laughs> He's the world's leading beret distributor, Jimmy. It's very... <laughs> It's amazing. He no. just makes baguettes and calls it Paris World. <laughs> <laughs> no, he uh, he actually runs a Savannah, Georgia modeling agency. Oh, so, no. Yeah, that sounds whatever. Creepy. So it would seek applicants through newspaper ads mm-hmm. and then sign uh, models and put their uh, photos on the Internet under the their, you know, whatever, and maybe sure. get them some work. So Karen had sent in an application. Uh, she's she's a pretty, very pretty girl she's blonde and pretty and you know smiley model yeah Yeah, very photogenic and uh she sent in an application and signed on with paris world in july of that month but hadn't gotten any jobs or anything like that she just like filled out the paperwork and yeah you know said put me on the roster kind of a thing so uh he indicated though that he found a job for karen and called her office phone to tell her about it he found uh, a job for her so um, Karen ends up sending $92 along with a signed contract in for the job. Never trust what? any modeling place that wants you to pay money, first of right. all. If they yeah. tell you, go get headshots or go get professional pictures taken, but they're not going to tell you, like, go to this person and give them money, right. they just say, get then it's then it's fine. But if they say, give me money, then it's not a that's not a reputable place. I found a job for you, James. Uh, it's a nine to five. It's like working for a temp agency. And they're like, yeah. this week you're going to work nine to five down at the newspaper. Uh, you need to pay me 250 <laughs> What? I, huh? I didn't make any money. What? Uh, I'm still here. What are you talking about? Pay up front. So sign contract. The amount did not include a 10% discount that would be offered to models who, with whom Paris World had already secured work. So she should have got 10% off. Should have been uh-huh. nine bucks less. He said that the work he had for her would be only temporary, anywhere from one day to a month. That's what the the call was about. So um, now Swan had to go, this is, I believe, around lunchtime, a little after lunch, after they met in the parking lot and shit. This is when she goes, right after she gets the call, she goes to drop off $92 in a signed contract in the mail. So Swan had to go to Cerro Gordo, which is a town, and Karen went with him. They stopped by Karen's apartment to get some pictures, to mail along with the contract. And then then at 3.15, went to the post office and mailed the contract off to Paris World. So that's how that works. A uh, co-worker of hers, Christine uh, Quintez, she says that Karen got a phone call later on in the day. And she said that she appeared shaken after getting the phone call. Said she was in a really good mood between 2 and 3 p.m. And then, um, you know, she wasn't in such a good mood after that. 
She said uh, they went on a break at work. She's been back and forth from work a shitload of times today. It's awesome. This is a great job. I mean, this is a great job. <laughs> Sweet. Go around to another town, mail shit. This is awesome. And they still say what a great worker she is. Like she must be yeah, awesome. At her, her. <laughs> she must be awesome at her job. Like that's yeah. good for her. So it takes her two hours to do what everybody else does in eight. That's what I mean. She's fucking awesome at it. I guess because they still love her. So as she as they returned to work from a break, her phone rang, and she the the her friend heard Karen telling the person about the modeling job. At which point she this her friend returned to her desk. She said she could see Karen's face change during the phone call. She looked like she was scared and started to shake. Karen then walked by the, the, her friend's desk and mouthed the word Mike to her. So Mike is Michael Slover Jr., right. her ex-husband. So um, that's how that went on. Uh, she, her friend said her eyes got really big. She looked scared. She was drained. She got white. That's what she said. Then she said, she quote, she walked away, and that was the last time I ever saw her. So that was that. So, oh da- yeah, David Swan receives a phone call from Karen at about 4.50 p.m., so 10 to 5. Karen said she's going to pick up Colton, going to go shopping. Uh, Swan said he's with a friend of his and put, her on, put Karen on speakerphone, and they were talking to her. Um, Swan here, her boyfriend, asked Karen to get him some hair gel while she's out shopping. Yeah. Pick me up some shit. looks. Let's you go. gotta, you gotta get it. Get the, get the mega hold. Yeah. Get the five. The blue one. So, the, yeah. So <laughs> Karen calls her mom right after that, about five p.m., to tell her that she's going to pick up Colton and then go to the mall. So that's clearly the plan. She's telling multiple people that. So uh, another woman, Athena Rich, worked at the Herald and Review as a sales rep. She saw Karen in the lunchroom at about five p.m. and asked if she wants to come out for uh, for drinks with the paper crew at the lock stock and barrel tavern so that's where there was a thing that's where they're going work party we're going to have a drink what a fucking nightmare hey i know we've all seen each other all day and been forced to you want to spend more time together but not get paid for it yes (laughs) it'll be free awesome matter of fact it won't be free it's going to cost you money because you're going to buy drinks tell you what send in 92 dollars in a contract and we'll all go (laughs) get some drinks tonight at the lock stock and barrel so Karen said she couldn't because she had to pick up Colton and then go shopping. So can't do it. So 5.05 p.m., she leaves the office. And according to everybody's, you know, what she's talked to, she's on her way to Mount Zion to her in-law's house to pick up her three-year-old son, Colton. Mm -hmm. So the Slovers, Michael Sr. and Jeanette, the mother and father, they watch uh, Colton during the day, which is actually in the divorce agreement, which is a... An odd, they said it's an odd addition to it, but in the actual agreement, it was an uncontested divorce, but in the actual agreement, it says that Jeanette watches the kids until, you know, five o'clock every day and blah, blah, blah. That's one way to keep from having to have a discussion with somebody uh, is just put it in there and then you don't have to talk about it. It's done. It's a, yeah. Maybe they're over there. You have, you have custody. Yeah, but that was, I guess that was the, his doing he wanted the he baby he wanted the kid to be watched by his parents during the day for some i don't know why but that's what she that's what they wanted so david swan returns home after the wedding rehearsal um you know it's his hair's uh we don't know if it's been gelled up or not we have no idea he discovers that karen hadn't come to the house so not gelled where the fuck yeah where's my fucking gel he's got yeah. he's got non-shiny hair that's gonna definitely be it's gonna be a problem if it's windy out it's never going to stay in place. It is dry. I need it's, help. It's all dry. It's not falling right. It's a 96, too. He could have had, like, a spiky look. He could have had, yeah. like, the 
who knows what was going on with his head. Yeah, so, that was a good time. For yeah, gel. I mean, he could have had something. Gel that's was a, booming in 96. It's a good gel. It's a good time for gel. Tell you what, boy, 96 is prime gel time. You get yourself some <laughs> gel. CEO at a big old house. Ah, big old house right next door to the Dracar Noir CEO, yeah. and they just together, they just ruined everybody's whole head. <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger, Ralph Lauren, we're yeah. all crushing it. All on the same street. <laughs> so uh, Tommy Hilfiger opened his dumb mouth, and it all went south. This show, Small Town Murder, is sponsored by BetterHelp. Oh, BetterHelp.com. Absolutely. And let me ask you this, Jimmy and everybody else, what's Ooh. the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Let's just say it was oh, magical. Oh, man. What do you, take a nap, go for a run, maybe you read, you just catch up on some Another relaxing. therapy session. Therapy, something like that. But yeah. the thing is, if time was unlimited, how would you make use of it? How would you decide what's important enough to make time for is the thing. So that's kind of how you have to worry, think about it. Therapy can help you. Find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. That's Prioritize. Prioritize. What are your priorities? And that does help a lot. I know you've mm-hmm. actually talked about priorities oh, yeah. from yeah. therapy that they taught sure. you, you know, how to deal with stuff and how Absolutely. to figure out what your priorities are. Finding and, and isolating what's most important throughout the day and getting those tasks done first yeah. and then meandering down the list as you go. That's a, it's, Finder- a, it's a great way to do do things and file and your life away. Find what brings you joy, actually. Yeah. You might actually like. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That's awesome. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SmallTownMurder today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash SmallTownMurder. Now back to the show. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Uh-huh. The hell happened there? So, Swan here, this is fucking wild here. Swan calls Donna Hearn, who is, mm-hmm. who is Karen's mom, between 9.30 and 9.45, saying that Karen didn't come home. He said he was concerned that Karen had not dropped off some hair gel she was supposed to buy at the mall and thought really? that was that was odd of her. And she's like, well, you know, what the fuck's up with that? Like, you know, that's a weird thing. Have you heard from her? And imagine if he was like, where's my goddamn gel? 
I don't think that's what it was. I think he was like, she was supposed to drop off gel and she didn't. So I don't know, like, is she all right? I think that's kind of what he was getting at. But it would be hilarious if he called the mom like, fucking gel. So uh, uh, Donna uh, Donna here got, cons- or da- uh, I'm sorry, the boyfriend, Swan, David Swan, was concerned that about the gel. So Donna, the mother, was uh, not concerned when she initially informed, uh, she was initially informed Karen didn't come home because she said Karen's, very active social life. She knows everybody, and it's not unusual for her to not be where she said she was going to be, basically. Right. She might have stopped here and talked to this person, and she'll be there a little later. And, you know, she's 23 and pretty. She's got a lot of a lot of people want to talk to her. That's just how it works. So she's got a lot of friends and, you know, whatever. So She's got people in her personal life and then random-ass people. Random people, work people, everybody likes her. She's a likable person, so she's got a lot of social engagement. Good for her, you know. So 9.57 p.m., here, the car that Karen was driving, a 1992 Pontiac Bonneville, is found on the interstate on Interstate 72. It's running, and the driver's side door is open, Uh-oh. which is not not normal. That's no. strange. That's why the press immediately tied that together with the man who pulled people over with the right. fake uh, police car there. So uh, David Swan was called by police to be notified because it's his car. They look through, and it's her purse is in the car. Um, personal effects are in the car, so they find the registration, see it's David Swan, they call him up and tell him that they found his car and uh, the motor running and no driver in it. That's so a bad thing. That's horrible. Yeah, that's bad. He said, well, my girlfriend had the car and she should be in it. She you know, shouldn't be on the side of the road running. So uh, after receiving two phone calls from David Swan, Larry Hearn, her father, called Jeanette Slover, the mother-in-law who's watching Colton, to tell her that Karen and Colton were missing. But uh, Jeanette said that Colton was with her. Karen never picked Colton up. So Colton's not missing. If Karen's missing, that's one. But So obviously that's, you know, scary, but a relief that the kid's not missing too, obviously. So um, the Hearns, uh, Karen's parents, go to where the car was found. And uh, there's also a, a police dog on the scene and all that sort of shit. Prior to this trip around 10.30 p.m., Larry Hearn received a call from Michael Slover Jr. that lasted about one minute, and Hearn didn't remember the call, but their records show that the call was made. So in the in the craziness of, oh, we have to go there where our daughter's missing, he, she, they didn't remember this call. So uh, phone records show that at 10.02 p.m., a call was placed from the residence of David Swan to Larry Hearn. That lasted 49 seconds. And then Swan called Larry Hearn again at 10.09, and that lasted 48 seconds. This guy's the best. He's so, uh, uh, what's the word? He's just very good at making phone calls. He's very succinct. He's just very good at making phone calls. 48 seconds to get whatever it is off his his chest, get his information, hang it up. He's very succinct. He gets everything out in one one fucking... (laughs) He's very good at phone calls. I got people that call me and I'm eight minutes in and I'm like, why the fuck are you calling me? That's the, yeah, not 48 seconds. He's a good friend, this guy. Boy, he's good. Problem is respectful of your time. (laughs) He's only been going out with her a month and all of these callings back and forth. And he'll talk to the police extra later, gets the police suspicious that he's inserting himself into the investigation, which is one of the first things they look for. Even with an efficient phone call. Yeah, they're like, hmm, he was efficient, but he still was talking about it. So, yeah. 
And then Jeanette uh, Slover, Michael's Jr.'s mom, receives a phone call from Karen's father saying that the car had been found on the interstate and Karen is indeed missing. So that was after the, the kid call. So Jeanette called Michael Jr. at work. He's a bouncer at a bar at night and yeah. told him that Karen was missing. So uh, approximately 10.15 p.m., Sherry Chandler answered the phone at the bar she works at. And the person said, this is, uh, you know, this is Jeanette, Mike's mother. Can you talk to him? It's ur- I need to talk to him. It's urgent. Um, Junior takes the cordless phone outside the front door and they talked. Uh, he remained outside for 45 minutes with the phone, which it's a business. Bring the phone back when you're done. So, so yeah. Anyway, it's a long call. It's a long call, but uh, short lets him more than four. She's not as efficient as David Swan. No. Took her 45 minutes to get that out. Shortly after 11, Junior went back, uh, went to the back room of the bar. They said his eyes were red and the bartender asked him what was wrong. And he told her that his mother told her that Karen's car had been found on the highway and her purse was in the car, but she wasn't. So um, she said that uh, this is the, the woman running the bar. She said she gave him time to gather himself, but didn't let him leave because she had no one else to cover the front door. <laughs> Hi, the mother of my three-year-old has just disappeared. Her car's running. It's very suspicious circumstances. We're worried for her safety. Well, I got to check IDs. I'm sorry. I don't know what the... (laughs) You couldn't deputize one of the patrons that you know? Your relief comes in in two hours, so I don't know what to tell you, sir. Couldn't grab someone off the floor and throw 50 in their pocket to stand there for a while? You had to tell this guy, sorry, asshole. That's fucking hilarious. So, wow. Uh, He went back to work and stood at the door. I got to check IDs. Plus, a sobbing bouncer isn't exactly that intimidating. No, that's true, too. You you have to leave, sir. I'm sorry. We can't serve you anymore. Fuck you. (laughs) Come on. So uh, at 10.30 p.m., Gary Schaefer, the chief of police for Cerro Gordo, went to Ronnie's Tavern, where Junior worked, saw Junior sitting inside the door. Junior told Schaefer that his ex-wife was missing and her car had been found on the interstate. Junior was aware that this guy was a police officer. He uh, remained at the front door until 1.55 a.m. when the place closed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nope, sorry. Someone can come in. It's 1.45. Ain't closing yet. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, then he received a phone call from a male. He had about a 10-minute conversation within eight feet of the bartender Chandler. Junior left about two minutes after the conversation was over, um, and uh, his car was at the same place when uh, same place it was when he arrived. So he left, but didn't take his car. Mm-hmm. It still was there. So uh, another waitress, Lisa Carnahan at Ronnie's, started work at eight o'clock, and she said shortly after ten, Carnahan worked the door while Junior took a phone call. She couldn't fucking fill in the rest of the time. What is Honestly. happening in this place? He seemed upset and been crying and all that sort of thing. Uh, she said she, uh, worked the door four or five times that night and never noticed a difference in his clothing or appearance besides the time that he was crying. His girlfriend, <laughs> I don't know. The he was, part where he was sobbing uncontrollably. He was normal except for sobbing. If you've ever seen a grown man cry in a public place, he's just Everything like that. look normal. You know, otherwise normal completely. <laughs> uh, Slover Jr.'s girlfriend, Trina Gifford. She says that Junior got home around 3 a.m. So he left at 1.55, gets home at 3 a.m. What's he doing? There's nothing to do past 10 o'clock. We've already right. covered that. Why do you think I picked those fucking reviews to say? So we know there's nothing to do past 10. What's he doing? An hour from and 1, 15 minutes of, of driving around? I don't think so. Uh, it's not that far. So uh, Saturday, September 28th, uh, that's when he got home. That's Saturday morning. She said his demeanor had changed by that time and that he was upset. 
He told her that Karen was missing and that uh, he'd been notified of this fact by her family. At another point, uh, she said that she didn't recall if Junior had heard from his mother about the disappearance or if she'd heard it from Karen's brother. So that's a little point of contention here. Um, So uh, Junior, they send a uh, sheriff's department uh, deputy to his house at 2.55 a.m. and inform Junior that he needed to contact an investigator with the sheriff's department because they'd like to talk to him, you know, because he's the ex-husband. He answered the door to his home. He seemed visibly upset. Um, uh, the sergeant thought, uh, they he prepared a report that noted junior appeared to be upset and crying, uh, but he didn't think it was sincere. So <laughs> that's what he says. Now investigation picks up here. Now the car, David Swan goes to where the car was found and was asked to look inside the car to see if he noticed anything unusual. Yeah. He said the car was in disarray with several items moved from their normal place. The garage door opener was found near the driver's door, but is normally on the visor. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, it's weird. That's a cup, to get off the visor at all. The, exactly. Why would you take it off? Uh, unless you're changing the battery. There's no right. once every right. seven years. Outside the sun's of that. in your eyes and you yeah, flip put it, down it down and the goddamn falls. thing falls off because that sh- fucking tin never stays strong. That sh- that what is shit that? clip. Yeah, Ugh. get a strong clip. Well, I guess Figure that shit out, craftsman, bastards. Or cars have a garage door opener slot yeah. for them, maybe. Maybe that. They have them built into the cars now, the new ones. Uh, yeah. But I'm what real dumb. Move? I wouldn't be able to program that shit yeah, anyway. I'm not programming my car no. to open my fucking garage door. Pull up the fucking owner's manual. So I would have, what if I have to loan it, give it to someone who's right. watching my house? Or, you know, if I go out of town, I got the dogs. Yeah. What am I supposed to? No, no, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> kiss my ass. Make a slot I can put it in, please. Right. So, uh the garage door opener's there. Um, a, a cup and some change were found in the passenger seat, but the cup had been in the cup holder and the change was normally in the console, hmm. which is strange, but it's all there. Also, uh, David Swan's umbrella and Karen's briefcase have been moved from the back seat to the floorboard, which if she stopped short, that could happen there. Sure. sure. But if she stopped short, yeah. yeah. If she yeah. stopped short, it wouldn't make a cup and some change go from the console and the cup holder to the passenger yeah. seat. That would be different uh so sifferman again crime scene tech with the illinois state police he's called here a little before 11 p.m he takes a bunch of pictures and uh tows the car away a black purse and maroon planner were taken from the passenger floorboard some small black rocks or cinders were removed from the driver's side floorboard oh uh yes interesting officer sifferman took latent prints from the interior of the window of the driver's side of the car inside the leather business uh, business portfolio sifferman found a fax cover sheet from paris world international and a postal receipt to paris international from karen slover three fourteen p.m that's labeled that's her sheet there so they're like there's another yeah. suspect okay yeah. just and a, and a specific time yeah exactly a time we know she was alive then so She's been seen a little bit. Uh, two witnesses said they saw a woman they identified as Karen Slover in Lovington between 5.30 and 6.30 p.m. on the night she disappeared. Another witness reported seeing the car that she drove that day, the four-door Pontiac with the uh, CAD 7 license plate, which yeah. stands out, uh, in Cerro Gordo between 5.45 and 6 p.m. And Lovington and Cerro Gordo are 20 miles apart. So... I mean, I guess if one was 5.30 and one was uh, 6, I don't know, maybe. It's possible. Yeah, I hate so, sightings. The, exactly. The worst. 
Um, now, Lisa Kidwell, who formerly owned a restaurant in Lovington here, she uh, said a woman she identified as Karen Slover came in and bought an ice cream cone between 5.30 and 6 p.m. that night. So she actually didn't just see her in a car. She sold her an ice cream cone, so she'd be able to identify her. She said she remembered seeing the CAD 7 license plate on the car that she was driving to. So those two together, I can believe. Uh, uh, Later on, she couldn't describe what she was wearing, though, what Karen was wearing. And she acknowledged that she never met her before. And uh, other than the plate, she said she could only recall the the car was driven by a woman uh, by the woman, she said the car was dark colored. She couldn't remember colors of anything, but she remembered Karen. Uh, dark. Which, I mean, you, you, she didn't talk to the car. She right. talked to Karen. So yeah. some people remember that more. Uh, Sharon Nichols, she worked at the grocery store across the street from the restaurant. She says that a woman she identified as Slover bought a pack of chewing gum there between 6 and 6.30 p.m. She also couldn't remember what she was wearing, but she identified her. So right across the street, same time. So... That makes sense. Two different people. Um, she also, uh, they also testified to seeing a greenish vehicle, uh, someone else did, uh, in Cerro Gordo between 5.45 and 6 p.m. One witness couldn't see who was in the vehicle. She said she saw the car stop in the parking lot of the IGA grocery store with a short man and a short man with brown hair and a mustache got out. Another witness, uh, James Theus, he said that he was traveling on I-72 when uh, the night that she disappeared, and he saw two cars traveling at high speed. He said it happened about 9 p.m. near exit 172. Uh, he said that, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, near yeah, near exit 172. He said that the cars were almost bumper to bumper when they passed him traveling about 90 miles an hour. Wow! So they're either racing or on each other's Chasing. ass. Or yeah. chasing or Racing something. or chasing. Racing or chasing. Ask grass or fucking <laughs> gas. <laughs> gas. Uh, sorry, that made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> he remembered the letters CADS from the license plate, but said the vehicle with the plate was light colored. But it's nighttime. So, right. yeah. And if that's the lead car, and it was, the car behind that person at nighttime. That's the one that, that gets your attention. Well, the headlights on the back of that car uh-huh. Yeah. You, the, you can't tell what a color a car is at night right. with headlight light on it. It just doesn't. Yeah. It's it doesn't show cro- properly. Right. It just doesn't. Not it's just headlights, but things. any lights at night because they're all it's tinted uh, some weird color. I saw a, a, some documentary about a truck that the guy got away for a long time because everybody thought he was driving a pink truck. It was fucking white. Yeah, where did and it just looked pink by the witnesses because of the way the street lights are. Wasn't that an episode? That was one of our uh, episodes. Was it? Yeah, I think that was faulty. <laughs> I think that was small town murder, man. I think that was, you know, your job. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) But I don't remember the exact thing, but I think that was from that. There was a story I heard once about. (laughs) I heard a story once. It's about this murder. I doubt it had anything to do with this. (laughs) No, I'm sure it doesn't. But I think that was it because it was the the way the street light hit it at night. Yeah. Is what it was. Yeah, that's what I remember that too. (laughs) It was one of these. Did we see that together? No, we talked about it for two and a half hours. I don't know why I would remember this, James. It just stuck in my head about a murder somewhere. You know how it is. So uh, somebody, two cars, 90 miles an hour at the, yeah. little before the time the car is discovered. That's something. Another witness, David Requarth, he said that he saw a vehicle with the CADS license plate on I-72. His sighting was around 8, 10 p.m., 
The uh, It was in the eastbound rest area near Argenta. He said he couldn't see inside the dark-colored vehicle and no one got out while he was there. Uh, a co-worker of hers said that she saw Karen in the parking lot of the Herald and Review leaning over and apparently talking to someone in a vehicle before she took off from the that night at yeah. 5.05 p.m. She said she couldn't say for sure uh, when she saw her near the car, but she thought it was after work. But it might have been at lunch when she was talking to David. We don't know that for sure. Does Karen start with a C? K-A-R-Y-N. Okay. Right. So it's got a Y. You know, it wasn't. I'm, a I'm changing spell. my mind about CADS at the moment, just because it has saved and helped so much already. That's one thing about the personalized plate. Yeah. It's, it'll, a shitty, make... stupid plate like that. People are people sit in their car and go, "Do you see that dumbass plate? They were yep. driving 90 miles an hour. Who cares? What the fuck does CADS mean?" You, yeah, you see it. It's true, man. Uh, also, people heard some gunshots. Uh, one witness got up and took her dog for a walk, which lasted about 20 minutes. It was a quiet evening, and sometime during the walk. Uh, This witness heard several distinctive popping noises. She described them as rhythmic, just consecutive and in a rhythm. She was not familiar with the sound of a handgun, but the sounds she heard uh, were different than the sound of a shotgun during hunting season is all she knew. uh, The ones that she hears out in the woods. She contacted police two weeks after the Slover's disappearance to report the story to them. Um, Florence Keller lived in Cerro Gordo. Um, there's a car wash, railroad tracks, and a wooded area located to the north of her house. Uh, during the Jenny Jones show that she was watching, yeah. uh, which aired for an hour. Uh, very 96. After, very 96. This whole thing. She's all hair gelled up watching the Jenny yeah. Jones show. It uh, airs immediately after the 10 o'clock news. She heard four pops is what she heard. Her bedroom window was open, and she said she heard the first pop and then three more consecutive pops. She said she heard the gunshots. She's heard gunshots from a 357, a 22, and a 38, but the pop she heard that night sounded like they came from a smaller caliber gun. Mm-hmm. She has some expertise here. That's a horrifying uh, woman. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. She's like, that's a 22. That's pretty badass. So <laughs> she's like the kids from that Keanu Reeves movie where they hear the shots and they go, nine millimeter. <laughs> yeah. She's badass, dude. She's watching Jenny Jones yeah. over the din of Jenny Jones. Right. She hears some pop. She's like, that's a 22. I ain't shit. And then she goes back to Jenny Jones. I like this lady. Some kids are shooting squirrels, I think. Ah, fucking pains in the asses. Don't shoot each other. All right, Reckless back to Jenny Jones. Bitches. Let's see her try to get some people together and fail. Okay. <laughs> After hearing the pop, she looked out the window, and approximately 20 yards away, she saw two individuals coming through the woods on a path located along her neighbor's house. They were wearing dark clothing and walked south of, of the out of the wooded area toward the road. One was heavy set and the other was a little taller, about five eight to six foot, and not as heavy. Uh, she was uh, several days later. Law enforcement interviewed her and she told them of her observations. Um, that's how that went. Now the police immediately are looking at David Swan. Uh-huh. He's only been around for a month, yeah. so. If you have the two, she's known Michael Slover for years. He's never killed her. Right. <laughs> Basically, she's been alive the whole time. This guy's known her a month and now she's dead. So they're concerned with him. But she also has an ex-boyfriend before him as well. God, so God. they're they're going to see here because you know, she's 23. She's, she's yeah. dating. You know what right. I mean? So her boyfriend said uh, they look at her. Um, he had some, like we said, some legal problems. By the way, one of them was for impersonating a law officer, Asshole. which yeah. that's not cool. 
he also had a felony conviction for aggravated battery. Uh, now, David couldn't account for his whereabouts for 45 minutes on the day of the murder. There's a 45-minute window where he can't prove where he is. Uh, he'd been late to the rehearsal dinner when they talked to everybody, and he was slated to be the best man. Oh, So if the best man is... Late. Yeah. Late to the rehearsal dinner, there's something up there. It was uh, a- calm down. I know what I'm doing. I stand there and look like an asshole, try not to lock my knees and pass out. So this part, I just stand there, right? This right. part's kind of <laughs> you guys doing everything. I don't really do anything. Are we rehearsing the just toast? Just point to what me when it's my turn to pretend like I lost the ring. How's that? That's all. Sound yeah. good? <laughs> uh, oh, oh. The uh, rehearsal dinner was at Tater's Family Grill. Yeah. So that sounds good. Uh, police interrogated him for four hours. But while trying to get an alibi out of him or something till he finally mentioned that he's and he went over everything again and he goes, I stopped to get money. I remember I stopped to get money. There's that. Yeah. They're like, yeah. yeah, right. But then they found the bank had video footage of him getting money nowhere near that and on the way to his rehearsal dinner. That's so very helpful. His story completely checks out. He's with other people. Then he's at the ATM. Then he's at the rehearsal dinner. There's no. Yeah. There's no uh, in between there. So uh, Donna, Karen's mother, said she talked to her daughter the day she disappeared about planning to you know, pick up her son and all that. Uh, Michael Jr., they look at him now. Uh, he works. Uh, he's at Cub Foods is where he works on East Pershing Road. And uh, after he finished his shift as a shift as a security guard about 6 p.m., he gave a private karate lesson. At a home on Tanager Drive. <laughs> the look on your what? face right now. I don't like him. <laughs> a private karate lesson. Is there anything douchier than a private karate nope. lesson? I don't know why that's douchey. If it was any other lesson, I don't know why, but a private karate lesson just seems silly. <laughs> this is far too post-karate kid to be still in the karate thing. Yeah, this is 96. Karate right. was like not a thing. No. This is weird. So... Uh, after leaving there about 6.45 p.m., he stopped at a car accident and talked to a police officer. Just stopped while there was a car accident, went up mm. and talked to the cop. Uh, what happened? What do you think? It's not even. It's just he just talked to him. Just like, how's it going? Good. Yeah. How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Just to be like, you see me, right? Yeah. That's what they're thinking Happy here. Sunday fun day, officer. You know how it works there. It was Friday night. So yeah. either way, he told uh, he then said that he told the cops he went home for a quick shower and was at Ronnie's Lounge just after 8 p.m. for his job as a bouncer. He didn't get off work there till two. And we know what happened there. Yeah. Uh, co-workers, the family uh, he taught to karate to and the police officer all verified everything he said. But uh, the woman he lived with at the time did not remember seeing him home that night around seven. So he doesn't. She doesn't remember him being home to take a shower and all that. Um, so also, they, the parents who had Colton, they look at them. Michael Slover uh, Jr. said he was with his girlfriend, uh, like we said. Uh, Lisa Smothers, who was an employee at Cub Foods, she uh, she works the time clock, I guess. She's in charge of that. She said that employees would scan their time card and a computer would collect the info. Her job was to collect, you know, take it all, make sure the people clocked in and out correctly. And right. she's doing the payroll. Yeah. So she saw Junior here at Cub Foods at about 4.30 p.m. on Friday. In her office, they spoke for about 10 minutes. He forgot to clock in after his afternoon break and had come to let her know. Yeah. So she fixed the problem on his time card. Right. So she just entered in manually when he came Uh-oh. in. Yeah, uh, she was shown a printout of the timekeeping system for those days, and uh, 
I guess he said he clocked in at 12.09, which made him late for his shift, and he clocked out at 3.24 p.m., clocked back in at 3.39 p.m., and then he added 3.39, she added the 3.39 punch in to fix a mistake he made when he forgot to clock in after his break. So he clocked out at 3.24 p.m., and then came back uh, much later and uh, and so didn't have to clock back in. Yeah, forgot to clock back in. But at that time, she was still at work. She was mm-hmm. seen at work till five oh five. So yeah. that doesn't work here. Um, so uh, uh, she said she could vouch for his presence at three thirty nine, but she could not account for his presence until four thirty when she saw him. And she also noticed that Junior had a shoplifter in his office around five p.m. So um, he, uh, she says that there was nothing unusual about his behavior. It was common for him to forget to clock in or out. On um, that week, she made that week alone. She made corrections for him on two other days. So he's just a flake with that. <laughs> she shit. is not good with time. Yeah. Now his parents were either together or alone for the whole basically late evening and yeah, uh, and afternoon, works. especially when they're babysitting a three year old. Not right. going to go have parties. Uh, each of them talked about going on a trip to Kmart where Slover Sr. said he bought a certain Play-Doh set that Kmart said they didn't sell. So that's an interesting thing there. Um, Michael Slover Jr. was the uh, last person, uh, uh, basically, uh, was uh, he talks to everybody here. Um, Another person here is uh, Michael Mannix, who's a retired Illinois State Police officer. He led the investigation. Later on, he's retired, obviously. Um, uh, he talks about, uh, he's an expert on, on grasses and we'll get to that. Another guy they talked to here is, uh, a former Karen's former father-in-law Slover senior. Yeah. They said that he cried two or three times and he prayed for Karen when she was missing. That's when they, the police talked to him. Uh, the police officer that talked to him said that he gave details of his activity in the days after Karen disappeared and he said that he and his son drove to Piat, Piat County on September 30th for an interview with the sheriff's deputies. And Senior told the cop that during the trip, Jeanette called him to tell him Karen's body had been found. So that's how that Karen worked. has uh, no shortage of, of people that could kill her. Suck. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's a lot. It's very dangerous. Uh, she told her friends many times. That she had to physically pull her son away. This is Karen I'm talking about. Uh Had to physically pull Colton away from the Slover family when she picked him up. On one occasion, Jeanette Slover reportedly said, Colton, don't worry. One day you'll be all mine. Is what uh, an ex-boyfriend said that was there with her. When her boyfriend asked why she kept taking her son to the in-laws, Karen said she was in fear of them and didn't want to cross them, basically. And it was in the divorce agreement and it was just easier to do it this way. Got it. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, a bunch of people knew that Karen and Jeanette got into an argument over placing the boy in an all-day preschool three days a week. Uh, uh, Jeanette, apparently, that was like in the month before the death. Uh, Jeanette said, though, they worked out their differences over the disagreement, and it was fine. So uh, also, she had another kid with her, Jeanette did. She was babysitting Colton and another kid named Clayton, and... uh, his mother came to pick him up around 5.20 p.m., but uh, uh, usually the, that's when she, the mother usually came. But the other kid's mother came early that day, and um, she was there, and uh, nothing was unusual about anybody's demeanor or anything like that. A guy named Keith Wiggle, these people's names, Keith Wiggle 
live yeah. next door to Senior and Jeanette Slover. Yeah. And um, his son was born at 5.50 a.m. that morning, and he didn't get home from the hospital till 3 or 3.30 in the afternoon. He laid down to take a nap about 5.30 or 6 p.m., and uh, he got a phone call from Jeanette asking about the baby. Following the phone call, he took a shower, went back to the hospital, and then came back at about 11 and went to bed. He said nothing was going on unusual around the house or anything like that. So that's normal. Uh, Senior tells them he works as a pipe insulator at the Clinton Powerhouse and also operates a car lot called Miracle Motors. He said he left for work at 5.30 a.m., got home from work at 4.30 or 5 p.m., and he said that Jeanette and Colton were there when he arrived, and that's that. So now, Mary Slover, this is Michael Jr.'s sister, okay? Uh, She does not like Karen, (laughs) and she lets it be known. She told many of her coworkers that Karen was not a good mother and wished she would die of cancer or in a car accident. Holy shit. That's cold. Um, Yeah. uh, She also, she admitted to saying later on to police that she hoped skin cancer would, quote, eat her face off. My God. Jesus Christ. Why is she so mad? Jealous much? Yeah. This pretty bitch. That's what she's saying. You know it. Her best asset. Her goddamn face. Oh, burn it off. Yeah, she's like a terrible ex-boyfriend or something. So can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Uh, October here comes around a couple days later, and police conduct a series of search warrants at Miracle Motors Automotive Dealership in Mount Zion, which is owned by Slover Senior and Jeanette. Uh, they found apparently burn barrels in some burn barrels. They found some buttons from jeans that were the same jeans that Karen Slover was wearing at the time of her death in a burn barrel. Yeah. Like a button fly? Yeah, exactly. It was a button. It was a very particular type of button fly that only one store around there sold. Uh They went, they met, they traced the button back to the manufacturer, back to the, the, the lot of jeans that were made over here, transferred to an Iowa warehouse and then into this store. Like I went all the way down the rabbit hole, these fucking jeans. For an hour, I was reading about jeans from 1996 and the buttons that they use. Like on VSU. Uh, like an asshole. Like a com- yeah, like a complete asshole I was doing that. That's what I felt like. I felt like that guy. Yeah. It's a black, it's a it's an Avia. Just goddamn it, somebody who fucking bought it. I The most fascinating thing about that is that Richard Ramirez found the one pair of those one. in Los Angeles. One goddamn shoe. One pair of those got to Los Angeles. And so, how, many sh- sh- how many stores sell shoes in L.A.? Right. A thousand? F- Two thousand? Who the fuck knows? He walked into the one store that had one pair of those that happened to be in his size even. Not what even are the odds happened of that? to be in his size. Also <laughs> in his price budget. What are the odds of that? What the fuck? He was like, yeah, those. Oh, these happen to be the only pair in existence in the Western United States. Like, what the fuck? Maybe that's what the salesman told him. We have one pair of these. They're the only ones. <laughs> and twenty five ninety nine. Pretty yeah. good deal. Pretty it's good not like deal. Bruno Mollies or some shit. They're, yeah, exactly. We'll talk about all that in the Patreon episode. I didn't mean to get off. Uh, it's the only other person that got a rare set of shoes. It's wild, man. It's, well, I have, I I have black Supermans. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't kill anybody. No, if I did, if I did, I would wear the black Supermans just because they'd be so distinctive. They're like it's Filipino. Yeah, it's a Phillips shoe from the Philippines about a guy who played in the eighties and had a coke habit. This is and crazy. it's missing half its sole. Oh, it's got to really be weird. <laughs> Only James has those. 
<laughs> and he was wearing a tender, juicy hot dogs jersey. We, it's got to be him. So uh, they also recovered some bone fragments from the po- property at the time, mm-hmm. and they brought a uh, and also police brought a bone or a box of meat near the property where it was cut up for comparison purposes. None of the photographs. There's a bunch of photographs. There's a thing about the comparisons here. Now uh, he there's a thing about a whole thing about photos that they argue about whether they because they took photos of the burn barrel and they took photos of their experiment, but whether the photos should be in court later it's crazy so uh a lot of uh a lot of fighting about that here so they search all of this the search accounted to a mini archaeological dig is what they called it in the paper here uh it was the herald and review by the way that she worked at had a lot of great articles on this so uh police shoveled two inch deep sections of dirt into buckets and then sifted them so it's very controlled. Yeah. Um, because of a recent snowfall, they said it was like trying to sift mud pie. So investigators found uh, that's right when they found the metal button in the dirt, too. And uh, so there's that. Um, they took they had to get like this big, um, big like uh, flamethrower thing to melt the snow and soften the ground so they could wow. dig. It's friggin' insane. So now they say. We, uh, as the time goes by, because we go into 1997, no arrests, still investigating and all this, the police say they've accumulated more than 2,400 leads in the case. 2,400 leads here. Um, They said they learned that Michael Slover Jr. had a group of men who sold used cars on their own. He processed the paperwork and let them drive on his dealer plates in exchange for a $100 fee. So they did uncover like a little sleazy operation Slover Jr. was running out of there, but that's about it. Park it in the McDonald's parking lot with the for sale sign on it. Yeah. That weird shit. Yeah, you can use my dealer plate. Right. And also, uh, there's abuse allegations here about Michael Slover Jr. Uh, Physical and verbal abuse of his ex-wife here and demeaning statements about her. Jill Scribner and Lori Lee Hall, who are friends of Slover, they said that the three were at Hall's trailer in late fall of 92 after a girl's night out. Just hanging in the trailer after a yeah, girl's yeah. night. That's very sex in the city, I got to tell you right there. That's <laughs> Sex in the uh, small town. Sex in the small town. Was Sex in the City out? I, uh, I guess it's a couple years later, Sex in the City. Yeah. It's mid-90s, so I was trying to throw that in there. And They're trying to be glamorous. Yeah. But instead of like the stoop of your, the stoop of your uh, Greenwich Village brownstone... <laughs> you're in the your friend's Sitting mobile home. I would set a stairs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a wrought iron rail. Oh baby, well the wrought iron. That's you know it's class if the wrought iron it's rail squ- is there. It's square tubing. We call at it least, wrought iron. <laughs> at least it's at least it's not just two blocks on the ground to step on. That's just some channel my uncle weld together. Uh, we call that wrought. It's put, it's rotten. That's why we call it wrought iron. You know how that goes. <laughs> we made two steps out of three cinder blocks. If you just want to come on up there. <laughs> um so uh anyway uh they said they were there and um uh they weren't married yet karen and michael someone called on the phone and then the three of them went in karen slover's car to the parking lot of cub foods where michael jr works she dropped the two women off at the front door and then went to park the car on on the side of the store the two friends said they walked to the corner of the store to get a view of her car as she parked. She said that Karen parked her car next to the one they recognized as belonging to Michael Jr. He got out of his car, opened the driver's side door of Karen's car, reached inside, grabbed her by the neck, and pulled Jesus. her from the car. Holy shit. The um, 
They said he uh, then threw her against the car door hard enough to make the car rock back and forth. Holy fuck. Jesus Christ. This is at his job. Are you kidding? Yeah. This is in the parking lot of his job. <laughs> who the who the shit beats their wife at work? That's insanity. Like, it's crazy to beat your wife, but usually people do that shit in private. They're not right. like, fuck, I'll do it at the office. Hope, hopefully my manager doesn't see this. Like, what the? F- are you kidding me? So uh, the two friends yelled and screamed and ran to them. Thank fuck. Uh, so Michael Jr. stopped and apologized for his actions and said that he'd never done anything like that before. And he was just so upset. I believe. Got a hold of him there. Yeah. So a few days later, Karen arrived for work at the J.C. Penny Photo Studio. Yeah. I'm sure that job doesn't exist anymore. No. Where, no, where uh, Scribner was also employed. And she said that Karen pulled back her hair to reveal yellowish bruises on her neck where Michael had, had grabbed her. Hard. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, another one of her friends, April Smith, said she was visiting Karen after her marriage when Michael Slover Jr. arrived at the apartment they rented. She said Karen was pregnant at the time and showing. And uh, from where she was seated on a living room couch, Smith said she could see directly into the bedroom where Slover Jr. asked Karen to go with him. She said she observed Slover Jr. push Karen onto the bed and get on top of her, pinning down her shoulders. Jesus Christ, of a pregnant woman. Yeah. Visibly. Um, She said she could not hear what was said, and Michael Jr. soon left without speaking to her. Another friend, this is not going stopping. This is like He does this at his job. Of course he does it in front of friends. And that's what I mean. He does it at his job. He's got no shame yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. This he's like the Bill Cosby of wife beating this guy. <laughs> it's got all sorts of coming out of the woodwork. Just mis- lets everybody see it though. That's what I mean. Yeah, except if he did it like on the set of the Cosby show. Right. Felicia Rashad. <laughs> I'm gonna drug and rape this young actress who's trying out for the show. Hold on. Elvin. <laughs> I need you to watch this. Theo. Theo Huxtable. <laughs> Let me teach you how to rape. <laughs> Fucking awful. And somebody get Camille out here. Camille. <laughs> she already knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she knows. But I want her to see. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't mention Pudding Pops once. See? No. So, uh, that's, that's impressive. So uh, they uh, they said Rebecca Underwood said that during 1994, she planned to meet Michael and Karen Jr. at a fast food restaurant Mm -hmm. after they had visited a local club. Underwood said she arrived first and seated herself inside to wait. When the Slovers arrived, she had uh, observed that Michael Slover Jr. was talking with Karen in the car, edging closer to her as as Karen edged away. Uh, She said Michael Slover placed his hand on Karen Slover and she got out, but also exited the car and got in front of her as she tried to enter the restaurant. So he was, like, blocking her. Uh, he then grabbed her by the left arm and swung his right hand across the face and hit her in the face yep. with his white hand, right hand, uh, she said. Karen entered the restaurant while Michael got back in the car. She observed Karen had a the, the imprint of fingers on her left cheek, and her face was red. So, yeah, he smacked her. At a cookout held by mutual friends in October 1995, yeah. Underwood said she went into the house to get a glass of iced tea and walked into an argument between Karen and Michael Jr. Karen Slover was saying that she would leave him, and Michael Slover Jr. responded, I'll kill you. So that's a nice deal. No, you won't. Then he noticed Underwood standing nearby, and he said, I was only joking. Yeah. I wouldn't kill her. I'm just, I'm just so kidding. funny. That's how I joke around. 
uh, she said, but then proceeded to tell Karen that if she left him, she would never see Colton again because he would use policemen, judges, and lawyers to make sure of that. That, that was the quote. But I won't kill you. I was just kidding about that. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Sherry Chandler, who's the bartender at Ronnie's Lounge where she worked, uh, worked for about uh, said that he worked for about two years as a doorman there. The evening of Karen Slover's funeral, Michael Jr. and several friends were cheering shots, is the way she put it, raising their glasses oh, and yeah. tapping Cheer. them down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were cheering. She could have said that better. Cheering anyway, shots. Cheering shots. They were giving toasts. They were That's toasting. Yeah. Toasting. That'd be better. Her husband. Drinking shots. I know what that means. Everybody yeah. knows what that means. And drinking shots, shots and toasting. That would have right. been a better way to put it. Yeah. Uh, her husband, Bill, said he visited Ronnie's two or three nights a week after he got off his second shift job at the factory. And he was there October 5th for about a half hour. He said he was standing two to three feet from the table when Michael Slover Jr. and his friends were celebrating. He heard Slover Jr. say, that's one bitch I won't have to worry about. Before a shot. Whoa. Um, yeah, uh, that's aggressive. Um, that's pretty specific. Uh, and that's uh, just don't even if you're not talking about that. Yeah. Even if you're talking about you just had like a, a wayward dog put down. That's <laughs> awful enough. But like if it's the day of your ex-wife's funeral, who you are kind of being suspected of killing, you should probably not say shit like that in public is all I'm saying. So, um, yeah, they, they heard him refer to her as a bitch and a fucking bitch several times. Also, she was always saying that, which if that meant you killed your wife, you'd be a wife killer because you, you've you've had your own ex-wife problems. Oh, like, sure. Fucking I've bitch. Said Jesus things. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> but then she's not dead. So that's good. So um, she still breathes. Now, um, after a minute here, uh, they end up uh, through all of this. Uh, we'll talk about here. They end up arresting the Slovers, all three of them. Really? The parents and Michael Slover Jr. Uh uh, For something very specific that they find here. But at the same time they do this, they need somewhere for Colton to go. Mm -hmm. So Mary Slover, Michael's sister, takes takes her. Takes him. Yeah, Yeah, the one that really hates, wants cancer to eat Karen's face off. When asked why, she said, quote, it was the natural progression because she had been already been doing many of the tasks of a mother anyway. So what she did is adopted him because it was OK with Michael Jr. because he's sitting in jail and Karen's not there to contest it. So she adopts him, to, she says, to provide stability and security for Colton. Um, but the birth certificate was changed after the adoption and now listed Mary Kay Slover as the mother of Colton took Karen off the fucking that's took Karen bizarre off the birth certificate no mention what are of they the, arrested for no mention of the boys for murder they arrest oh, them for murder no yeah. mention of the boy's mother in the birth certificate um after the adoption in 1999 Mary Slover Michael Slover Jr and Colton this is before the arrest happens uh-huh. um they all moved to Hornbeak Tennessee yeah um yeah Mary Slover's co-worker said she researched states where grandparent visitation is more restricted. So the Hearns can't see her, can't see him. Uh, Karen Slover's parents went to court several times to maintain visitation with the grandson. It was a huge pain in the ass. Now, they found some physical evidence. Uh, Witnesses who lived and worked near the used car lot that they ran, the Slovers, saw Michael Slover Jr. and Michael Slover Sr. cleaning up the car lot. 
this was rare because they had a history of this place being a shithole. <laughs> Seriously. We're just gonna conveniently start start setting it up now. Yeah, and this was uh this was the days right after the murder. So yeah. much so that they get constant notifications from the city to clean up or wow. be fined or whatever yeah. and they just ignore it. And it's like it's known as a slop sloppy place. We just have um, to get some time together, that's all. Yep, it became overgrown with weeds and brush. Some people saw they saw said they saw Slover Senior burning debris in an area near the large metal garage. Investigators say later on that they found bone chips that are possibly human and the buttons in that area. Uh, that's where they found it. People associated with the Slovers at the car lot reported seeing a bloody mess behind a metal building on the property. A bloody mess. Blood everywhere. Michael Sr. said the mess was left over from butchering rabbits. How many rabbits? Uh, I don't know, but probably a bunch with a chainsaw or with a fucking uh, circular saw or something. So uh, Get them tossed around. Bloody mess. Another man said the blood was gone after the tall grass was cut. So they cut the grass. They got rid of the blood. So then there's the dig here. Um, They had a lot of concrete and cinders that that resembled remnants used to weigh down the bags on the property as well. They called in the U.S. Army to help sift through the soil here. It's a 5,000-square-foot area. So they call in the Army, and, um, yeah, this is after they cleaned it all up. So they're really looking. They have to look really close here. Six months into this dig, the task force found uh, – that's when they finally found the metal button. So that's what – it took the Army to find a fucking metal button. That's how – much this is crazy. Uh, during the March 1998 dig, uh, they found the button. They found two rivets similar to the buttons and rivets found on the jeans covering the part of her dismembered body. They all matched up. Mm-hmm. They also found a cloth button similar to the button on a woman's sleeve. They found bone chips, but they couldn't make anything of that. Um, they also found uh, 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 they had botanists from the University of Illinois match two kinds of plants on the car lot to weeds found in Karen's hair. As well, yeah. Trash. The trash bags containing the body parts were weighted with concrete. A forensic geologist from Canada said the pieces of concrete are similar to the pieces found at Miracle Motors. Holy shit! That's, that's good. No, they were of different colors, but they said that's because one was soaked in water before right. one wasn't. Yeah. So they're yeah. going to be different. Uh, authorities said the cinders, which are a byproduct of burning coal um, at A.E. Staley Manufacturing Company were washed out of trucks from a company that rented land adjacent to the car lot. So that's where cinders come from there. Drivers washed out the trucks, and the cinders ended up uh, over much of the car lot, forming a cinder and gravel parking lot. He said the cinders are all similar in their makeup, so it's hard to tell where. They can't, like, tell a batch or anything. Uh, Also, grass, like we said, they found uh, all sorts of grass here, different ones, three different species of grass. It's pretty boring to get into that. The... uh, the cinder guy was pretty interesting, actually. And then finally, authorities find several dark-colored dog hairs on a on the duct tape used on a bag to dump part of her dismembered body. Okay, like on the tape that was taped yep. on, there was dog hair stuck to yeah. it. That's which what happens when you go in anybody's house that has a pet? That shit yeah. is everywhere. If you put a piece of duct tape on my hoodie right now yep. and pulled it off. Even though I'm not near my 2,500 miles from my dogs, there will be a dog hair in there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It's just it will be there. You have it inside of you. There's dog hairs. You left them on an airplane seat. They're around. Yeah, they're everywhere. So uh, they found several dark colored dog hairs, like we said. 
uh, they were only able to extract DNA out of one of the hairs. Dog DNA. Oh? They extracted dog DNA. Dude, this is this has never happened in the history of crime, yeah. and it's never happened on our fucking show, obviously. So uh, they said based on one in 56,000 odds of an animal possessing the same genetic markers on a database containing the genetic profiles of 470 dogs. None of those dogs were from the Midwest and all were purebred. Christopher Baston, who's an expert in statistical genetics from North Carolina State, was invited to, uh, to review the data. And um, uh, they said that he said that uh, they should make adjustments to the calculations uh, to account for the high degree of inbreeding among dogs in the database. Right. He said that he placed the odds of a dog possessing the same genetic markers found in the hair with Slover's body to be 1 in 1,680. Wow. So a little bit less. But still, that's pretty fucking close if you're talking about... How close do you think we are to them, like, putting DNA into a computer and hitting enter, and then, like, it can process that DNA and create the image of the person? Like in a movie? Like, in, like basically, like, on CSI or whatever? Right. That's kind of what they, they just do. go, oh, this is what the DNA is. Click enter, and then they go, oh, that's the guy, Richard Ramirez. That's what it he looks like. builds a 3D thing of right. his face, Makes and you're it. like, oh, okay, there he is. Let's go grab him. <laughs> And then they're going to do that with dogs where they click enter and you're going to see like where the black spots match up on their faces and shit like that. And you go, I've seen that dog. That's fucking Slover's dog. That's fucking goddamn Slover's. I know that dog. I see it. I can see him. Look at him humping away. So uh, they, uh, uh, the dog hair here belongs to Cagney, a black Labrador mixed dog owned by the Slover's. There you go. Uh, he possesses those genetic markers. They said that the tests eliminated the Elder, Slo- the Elder Slover's other black Labrador mixed dog and a blonde dog that lived near the Mount Zion car lot as being the source of the hair. Mm-hmm. It comes from Cagney. It's so Cagney, dog. fucking Cagney and Friendly solving murders. Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> Cagney, and, Cagney and Lacey. Half so basically, <laughs> basically in Illinois, if you want to solve a murder, you yeah. need the help of a dog. Yeah. <laughs> They're the best at this. Dogs are such, they are such good uh, detectives. They just, they, they find everything. Only a fucking dog can, <laughs> can do it, but you can find a dog. So uh, they, Jesus Christ, this is wild. So uh, they said, this is weird and it doesn't happen. We've never done this before. You know, right. what's up with that? Uh, they said because fingerprinting is established in humans doesn't mean that you can just take it to that. You can just take it, that and transfer it to the dog world. That's what the attorney said. And they went, you know, actually, we've got some pretty good scientific experts in here who say, fuck, right. yeah, you can. Yeah. So uh, give it a shot. Also, a forensic scientist with the Illinois State Police testified a cloth button found at the uh, car lot could have come from a blouse that Karen Slover was wearing when she disappeared. Uh, We said that they compared the button in the car lot uh, with the one found in the torn section of the blouse. And he said the buttons had the same measurements and fabric. And, um, you know, there's that. So uh, and then if the Slovers at this point aren't sucking enough in your brain, if you're not upset with them enough, um, here you go. (laughs) Jeanette and uh, Senior. Yeah. Had their dogs euthanized after they were matched DNA. Wow. Yep. They took it out on their dogs. They they said, you motherfucker. And uh, put them all down. Had them put down. Wow. Um, Yep. Uh, That's fucking wild, man. Unbelievable. The prosecutors have a theory here. Mm -hmm. 
that uh, Karen showed up to pick up her to pick up her son. And they said that their theory is that Jeanette shot Karen in the back of the head when she showed up because Jeanette was that would have been like the normal thing that Jeanette was there. She shot her in the back of the head and then they think somebody else came, pumped the other six into the side of her head. And then um, they took her, took to her down lot. to the car lot, yeah. dismembered her in the back there, bagged up the pieces, weighed them down with concrete chunks from all around the property, threw the bags in Lake Shelbyville, walked out of the woods. That's what they heard. So um, uh, they said, though, the uh, and then they just abandoned the car along the highway to make it look like kept her purse in there and all that shit. So Mom and dad did it. They think mom, dad, and my, and Junior all did it together. They think she came over because she was seen without her son at about 6 o'clock, so it would have taken until about 6.30, which is when he's already off from work because he got off of work at 6 right. and then said he went home, but his girlfriend said he doesn't, she doesn't remember seeing him there. And then he shows up at work with wet hair, freshly showered Right at 8 o'clock. So he had you know, an hour and a half, an hour, 15 minutes to take her out, dismember her, and do all that shit, and then go to work. Now, the, um, my God, they also, and this is so weird, and I only say this, I I try not to be graphic or exploitative or whatever, but I say this because I don't know what this is, and I don't know if this is a staging thing or something vicious that they're doing, and it's, it's just part of the case. So I apologize to someone, anyone who finds this gross like I do. So, uh, Dr. Travis Hinman, who's an expert in forensic pathology, he examined a portion of the pelvis of Karen Slover. He identified rocks, sand, and gravel in photographs of the body parts. According to him, the uh, the I'll just use the terms right from the court documents so I don't have to be weird. The vagina and rectum were facing away from the direction of the waves, waves on the lake. That's only important because he found what he described as a large quantity of sand, rocks, and gravel within the vagina and terminal leading to the outside of the anus. The amount of sand, rocks, and gravel that came from the vagina alone formed a mass uh, a mass 10 by 10 by 2 centimeters. So it That's wasn't a lot. Like, it wasn't like the water washed it in. Exactly, because he Somebody said and she jammed that in there. She was facing away from right. the f- waves, so it wasn't right. like she was in the waves. And, and even then, how is that going to go that, in there? Yeah, we're watertight. Nothing it, gets it, in there. That's the other thing. He described the vagina as a closed compartment, which does not allow materials, even water, to enter. Otherwise, right. women wouldn't be able to swim. Right. <laughs> they go swimming like, like oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm filling right. up, and it would start coming out of their fucking eyes. What, what are they'd you be, kidding me? They'd be exclusive <laughs> showerers. That's what they yeah. would be. I mean, I get that, you know, when you, the rigor process and all sure. that, but it's not going to allow all this in. It's just not, that's, that's not the way it works. Um, he also found a tampon low in the vagina with sand and gravel and rocks very high in the vagina. So almost like a plug to keep the sand in there and the rocks wow. and shit. Uh, based on the amount of sand, gravel, and rocks found above the tampon, he opined that the materials found inside the vagina were not caused by the lake's wave action. Even though the muscles of the body relax after death, the sand, rocks, and gravel were likely placed there because water does not easily enter the vagina and the tampon served as a, sub- a substantial obstructive agent. Unbelievable. So, but there's no evidence because the, of the dismemberment and in the water, there's no evidence that she was sexually assaulted before her death. They don't have evidence that she wasn't, right. but they don't have evidence that she was either. Um, so, uh, yeah. So they also, they, the defense tries to, uh, tries to break it down a little bit. 
They uh, the uh, Quintez woman who works with Karen mm-hmm. at, at her job, who said that uh, you know she was all freaked out after the phone call with Michael. Apparently, uh, she said on her grand jury testimony she didn't say that Karen was shaking when she got off the phone, uh, but then later on she said that she was shaking yeah. during the trial. So they're trying to break that down a little bit. Um, they also said a detective was called to Cub Foods about the shoplifter. And uh, he said that there was nothing, nothing about Junior's behavior that you could think was was bad. They said that he uh, he uh, apprehended the shoplifter between four thirty and five, and Junior left the store at six thirty. So he showed up a little bit after eight. So he's got about an hour to do what he needs to do if he did it. So um, now the store manager said he worked from seven a.m. till six thirty p.m. And he saw Junior periodically throughout the day and was with him between 5 and 6. So he wasn't gone there. But we know she was alive at 6 because she was eating ice cream and buying gum. Right. So that doesn't matter. Does it really – does it matter whether or not she was scared of a phone call? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean we have the dog DNA and we right. have a lot of other stuff. Uh, Gene Schumann received karate lessons in his home yeah. from Junior. Uh Junior taught karate to Schumann and his three children and a friend every Monday and Friday from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. On September 27th, Junior did not arrive at the Schumann home until 6.10 p.m. Uh, so Schumann noticed nothing unusual about Junior uh, and that he'd been late on other occasions. Mm-hmm. So he showed up for the karate lesson, though. So he's he's there. Uh, he was wearing blue jeans and a T-shirt, not his karate uniform, as he did about half the lessons. He instructed for about 30 minutes, and then he left about 6.45. So that's how that worked there. Um, Now, the cop he talked to out on the road, this was uh, – the cop was at a vehicular accident, as they put it. uh, It was was a Woolery. Officer Woolery was inside her squad car doing paperwork when she saw Junior as he walked toward her car across the grassy median. He spoke. She spoke briefly with Junior uh, before he walked back to his vehicle across the median. So he walked all the way over a median to talk to her. Got out of the car and crossed the street for this shit. Yeah, he said he did. She said that um, she didn't see anyone with Junior. She recalled uh, talking to an officer about it later on. She said that she saw when she saw Junior, he did not have his karate uniform on, but he was wearing a bulky flannel. And uh, she also testified that he would have had to have crossed six lanes of traffic if his car was all the way on the east side like it was. And she said that in the past, Junior had never stopped to converse with her while she was on duty. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I got to go say hi to her. She's my buddy. No. He, I just six to, lanes of traffic to say hello. <laughs> to say hello to someone I don't talk to. That's interesting here. So, uh, yeah, uh, Trina, her his girlfriend, said she got off work at 5, picked up her boys and went to the store, got home about 6.30. Now, at trial, she says that he arrived at 7 p.m. Originally, she said she didn't remember him being home. Mm-hmm. Uh, she testified also that he had on his karate uniform when he arrived, which we know he didn't because no, he, didn't. Yeah. he didn't wear I don't right. unless he put it on after the lesson. Which I like to teach. Dumb. Well, I teach karate, and then I feel so full of karateness that yeah. I put a uniform on because it just feels right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, would you look? This is how I sell my my lessons. I I, I you gotta you gotta look the part. You gotta now, dress for the job you want. I certainly do. By the way, I look the part now. Um, yeah, she said he he showered, changed, got something to eat, and then took off to go to Ronnie's to be a bouncer there. She said she didn't remember if he was already home or if he joined her because at the grand jury, she said, I don't remember any of that. I don't remember where he was and all this type of shit here. 
Um, so he uh, showed up at the bar, like we said, and we found out where what all that was. His parents apparently uh, took Colton to Kmart sometime between 5 p.m. and 5.30. She left a note on the door, and Karen knew how to get into the house if she arrived to pick up Colton while they were at the store. When she returned home at 6 p.m., Senior was already at the car lot. So um, she said that uh, she arrived home with she stayed home with Colton until eight, and then they went to the car lot to see Senior. Prior to going to the car lot, Jeanette called Karen's apartment, but nobody was home, and they were going to go to McDonald's. But Colton fell asleep at the car lot, so they just went home instead. Now, um, Senior, uh, he would go feed his dogs and and shit at the car lot and everything. Sometimes the car lot would be closed for a week because he didn't have time to be there. Wow. So he had a car lot that was like rarely open. It's a very, yeah, it's a very weird thing to own a car lot and have it not really matter to you. Um, He went to his car lot the next morning between 9 and 10 a.m., returned there until noon, and then returned to the lot at 4 or 5. Colton stayed there on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, That's how that went. Um, He went daily to feed the dogs. Like we said, then they started cleaning right away. There's a lot of phone calls between the whole family here but that's normal with a family too to make a lot of phone calls now the dog like we said is introduced as a big thing and uh you know people are into that with the dna and everything it's fascinating Uh, i'm blown away it's fucking fascinating um another uh, person here illinois state police crime scene investigators they testified about finding blood and dark colored debris on the finley bridge um they believe parts of the dismembered body were dumped from the bridge he said the body uh, looked like it may have been uh, – he said the debris looked like it may have been a burnt seat cushion material and also testified that this saw, they saw cinders around the edge of the bridge rail but did not collect the cinders as possible evidence for some reason. And uh, also, prosecutors contend cinders found embedded in Karen Slover's body match cinders found at the car lot. So there's a lot here going on. Um, let's see here. This is, uh, this is fucking crazy. They try to argue the concrete stuff based on different color, but that the scientists say the dampness would make up for that. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on here. Uh, at issue during the one testimony was a small amount of alcohol found in Karen's system during the autopsy. Okay. But the, the medical examiner testified that he believes the alcohol came from, uh, uh, her inhaler. She has an inhaler and uh, for asthma. And apparently, uh, I don't know. Back then, I guess the the there was it would it would say you have a little bit of alcohol in your system, okay. like a trace. Yeah, not like she didn't. It wasn't like a point oh four or anything. Right. It was like a trace. So they said that it, it's possible that she might have had a sip of an alcoholic beverage. Also, he can't rule that out, mm-hmm. but that amount could come from an inhaler. Also, so um, yeah, there was that. Now they bring in all the abuse claims. Holy shit. Um, That's a lot. The Slover attorneys object repeatedly to testimony about Michael Slover Jr.'s abusive acts. And um, each time the judge instructs the jury that the evidence will be given uh, uh, was to be limited to Michael Slover Jr. when it was considered the case in total, blah, blah, blah. Special jury instruction. You can talk about this bad shit, but you can only you can only think about it in a certain way. Jury people. So. um a uh, prosecution witness who would have testified about a June 91 incident with Michael Joe Slover Jr. doesn't get to take the stand. It's an ex-girlfriend of his who is set to testify that he threatened her at a, prop- a property adjacent to the parking lot. And uh, they wouldn't let her be called 
threatened her life, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's not allowed to testify here. Um, and also another person not allowed to testify is a friend of his who would have testified about a conversation which he alleg- allegedly had with Michael Slover Jr. about how to commit the perfect crime. Oh, my God. Um, he, prosecutors said that his description had an un, had quote uncanny similarities to how Karen Slover died. Right, but defense attorney said the testimony would be highly prejudicial. Highly prejudicial because he taught. Yeah, that's pretty prejudicial right. to him. <laughs> like, of course it is. Yeah, Your Honor, I cannot show evidence that shows my client is clearly guilty. I mean, that DNA evidence is highly prejudicial. Right, they're going to take that shit seriously. Oh my God! That's His job as as a uh, meat packer is going to be very uh, detrimental <laughs> to my case about this body found in the meat packing company. Holy shit! That's fucking hilarious. They also said the conversation occurred uh, before her, Karen, and Michael Silver Jr. met, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, uh-huh. doesn't. It still has a plan. All right. Now. Um, like I said, he brings his girlfriend in to sort of give him an alibi, but it wasn't the same alibi she gave to the grand jury. Yeah. So it's a little less here. Um, they said the, they bring in the cleanup of the of the car lot as a big deal. One employee here is a former employee that worked there for two years. He said the lot was normally unorganized and messy. However, the week after Karen was murdered, he observed senior near a fairly large fire, uh, either in the burn barrel or near it. Um, he said he had never seen Senior burn anything on the property before that time. <laughs> Not a guy um, that burns a lot of shit. That day, yeah. burning a lot of shit. Later that same day, he came into the into a place to collect rent from this guy. They said he was acting nervous, sweating, and looking over his shoulder. They said they normally knew him to be very calm and laid back. They also said it was unre- unseasonably hot that day, so sweating might have came from that. And he's, yeah. a, he's kind of a big, fat guy. Also, he had time. a fire, uh, and that'll make you sweat. <laughs> yeah, uh, they another guy testified too that had a business right by there that the lot was unkempt, uh, overrun with old cars and overgrown weeds. And the weekend after the death, he saw Junior with a weed eater along the south fence row, uh, cutting down weeds and doing all sorts of property maintenance. And he said he's never ever seen Junior do any kind of maintenance on the lot ever, and he's always there. So then they bring in all the car, all the uh, uh, car sightings. Uh, one that we didn't mention was a guy named Leo Myers just after five saw a blonde haired girl pull up, uh, to the left of his car and the car's license plate was CAD seven and the blonde was described as petite, attractive and wearing sunglasses. Okay. Okay. He also, um, observed a passenger in the car who he, whom he described as being a young man with brown hair that touched his shoulders. Yeah. Okay. Now, the passenger also had acne around his chin and wore a tan short sleeve sweater. Jesus, this is very specific. Look at this guy. Fuck, man, staring at him. This is that a light just staring. Uh, he last saw the car north uh, uh, on the north end of the town near Mound Road. Now, uh, the following week, he thought he saw the younger man with long hair in the Herald and Review parking lot talking to another heavyset man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what that what significance that has. At about 5.20 or 5.25, James Huff stated he was passed by a speeding car with CAD 7 license plate. The last time doctor, uh, the last time this guy saw the car was traveling north, uh, heading just south of Cerro Gordo. At the same time, a school bus driver named Vicky Gagnon saw a car with the CAD 7 license plate traveling at a high rate of speed north on Route 105 as well. So um, this is fucking... 
this car is getting all over the place. Um, it really is. Um, between 5.30 and 6.30, several people saw Karen and or her car in Cerro Gordo, as we know. We talked about the, the ice cream cone and the gum and everything like that. Um, and then the chase. Um, the uh, Between 8 and 8.20, the Hausch family saw two cars traveling west at a high rate of speed. The second car had a license plate of CAD 7. The uh, They later saw the CAD 7 car near the Clinton exit on the right-hand side of the shoulder of Interstate 72 with the driver and passenger side doors open and the dome light on. A couple saw a, a couple of the houses saw a man six foot to six foot three at the side of the car walking toward the trunk. He had a white mark on the side of his face. They also saw someone laying down in the front seat of the car with his or her legs sticking outside the driver's door. So... Uh, shortly keep before, driving. Keep driving. See ya. <laughs> Minding my own business. That looks like a murder. That's the song on the radio. <laughs> I got shit to do. I got shit to do. <laughs> Gotta put the kids to bed tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no time for this shit. Gonna have to stick around and talk to police officers. I don't think so. Treating it like rusty in, 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 uh, in Christmas vacation. I got to put the hogs out. I, oh, Jesus got Christ. homework to do. Got to pay those bills. The uh, fuck out of here. It was David Swan was the guy's name. Maybe that's the D and the S in CADS. I've been sitting here maybe. for an hour, two hours and 15 minutes and 48 seconds trying to figure out what the fuck Cock-ass does David CADS Swan mean? 7. <laughs> Cock-ass David Swan 7. So, uh... Uh, yeah, so all these people are seeing the cars, um, uh, the bumper to bumper people. Another person saw bumper to bumper high rate of speed yeah. as we, t- so that was multiple people, not just the one person here. Um, another, uh, person and people see, sometimes they see her by herself and sometimes they see her with somebody in the car as well, okay. which is weird. Um, another person said they saw her said she tends to read license plates and notice that plate. Jesus Christ, man. Now, in the closing argument... It annoyed her, James. <laughs> what is that, goddammit? That fucking plate. Now, the closing argument, the defense attorney said, quote, even when you add up all these things, it doesn't equal first-degree murder. Mm-hmm. They didn't... Mm-hmm. Ca- I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, quote, evidence. Right. Yeah, sure. Why not? But, I mean, First come degree? on. Come on, guys. What's evidence, really, in a case like this? It's really all just hearsay and bullshit and who knows what's going on, right? So uh, the verdict comes in, and this is Jeanette, Michael Sr., Michael Jr., all three of them lined up, the whole family here. Mary is not charged with anything, the sister. Uh, She's still got Colton, but more on that in a moment. And um, she's she's (laughs) charged of nothing uh, except for in the court of uh, public. Uh, People think she's a twat. Right. That's the, yeah. Cancer eat the face off. All right. that kind of She's shit. She's kind of an asshole. And this is yeah, I, I would say so. And this is, by the way, this is 2002 that oh. the fucking verdict finally comes Six in. Six years. The trial didn't start till then. I mean, it took that oh. long. They didn't get a uh, grand jury until 1998. Wow. It was it kept going on and on. Uh, so they find everybody guilty yeah. of murder in the first degree. All of you. Sentencing comes around. They sit the whole family down. Mm -hmm. It's a nice family moment when you can be sentenced. We rarely get it where you're sentenced with your mom and dad (laughs) together. You know, (laughs) it's nice. It's 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 quaint. Honestly, we had that one where the uh, parents uh, and the daughter, 
You're right, but they had a, a separate trial, right? Uh, no, because their sentencing was they no. I remember seeing them in other, court yeah. together. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the only time. That's the only time I've ever seen it. But yeah. we're back. Um, so uh, they say, "You family may fam? fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you fam may fuck <laughs> off. All of you." Uh, they are sentenced to each for sixty years to sixty years in prison for murder. My God! And then both the Slover men are sentenced to an additional five years each for concealing a homicide. Mm-hmm. So sixty for Jeanette, sixty-five each for the boys. <laughs> now, uh, two thousand three, Marion Colton here. Mary's watching Colton. Right. Um, she ends up losing custody of Colton right. in two thousand three after she was declared an unfit parent. Why? Because she was involved. She is found legally to be involved in the concealment of Karen Slover's death. <gasps> she was there. They never charged her with anything, but they uh-huh. th- say she knew about it and concealed it. Okay. So didn't tell anybody about it. So uh, the judge here, Scott B. Diamond, also ruled there was insufficient evidence to support prosecutors' uh, uh, contention that Slover was unfit because she'd been com- complicit in the murder, but it was enough to take the kid away. They take Colton and put him in state guardianship here oh, for a minute. Poor he kid. ends up, though, he ends up, though, being taken in by Larry and Donna Hearn, who were yes. excited as all get out to get. They said they're just like, they said they're so excited they feel like little kids. They can't yeah. wait to get Colton and try to help him and all this sort of shit. They're good people, they seem like, those Hearns. Good so the, uh, yeah, 2005, they're trying to link Mary Slover to this bad. They want Mary Slover. Yeah. They genetically test a cat hair. <laughs> So don't have fuck. pets, motherfuckers. <laughs> don't have pets if you want to murder. <laughs> and people. of course, that bitch has cats. Of course, she does, yeah. Mary. Uh, they test that out. Uh, Mary Slover, obviously, her brother had been there. Uh, they find they could not reach a conclusion with the pet hair. Basically, Damn it. Uh, they Mary Slover formerly lived in C and had the cat hair. An animal DNA expert, a DNA expert, compared the hair with the hair taken from the vehicle uh, she was driving, and they haven't found. They couldn't get a conclusive match on that. Damn we it. don't know about cat how that works and. Then, Inconclusive um, that she killed anybody or had anything to do with it, but we do know uh, absolutely, unequivocally, Mary's a twat. That we do know. Yeah. Mary seems like a real twat. A real she wanted twat. A cancer to eat a woman's face off. What a Ooh. bitch. What an asshole. So, <laughs> feels <laughs> a grim Mary. Say that. She's a grim Mary. She yeah. is, though. So... The attorney represented Mary during the custody hearing here. He maintains that the cat hair, hair, cat hair evidence was meaningless, even if it did match. He said Colton played with Mary Slover's cats and could have transferred the hair to his mother, which is true. Sure. Which is true. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you got to have that. That's a fact. Uh, now, a cousin uh, to them and a supporter, Kelly Krinko, with no fucking vowels except for an O. <laughs> C-R-N-K-O. Nope. The fuck out of here with that. Pick a fucking vowel and stick it in there, people. I don't give a shit which one, but you need one. Uh, That's a cousin and a supporter of Mary questioned what the cat hair evidence means now. They said, quote, they were going to use it to fit their story. My question is, are they on the lookout now for this cat owner? Okay. They also said that it was complicated by the fact that the uh, authorities were not able to take the the hair directly from Mary's two cats because they were dead. So this had to be like cat hair they found in the corners of her house that she didn't vacuum well enough. So um, 
Now, uh, they argued that Mary Slover conspired to abduct Colton from Karen, a plot that culminated with Karen's murder and the adoption of the boy by Mary. So that's the angle they're going to take. She said she adopted the boy in order to do what was best for her nephew. Mm. Now, uh, the uh, Slover's appeal on um, all sorts of shit. They're challenging the canine DNA evidence. They're saying that they saw too many autopsy photos and all sorts of shit like that. Um, They did say that the... Uh, the uh, admission of certain statements by the defendants was an error, but ruled that the error did not rise to the level of denying them a right to a fair trial. So 2003, uh, as the whole Colton thing went on, they uh, the judge rules that Mary Slover or Carol Reynolds, it was a court court appointed special advocate, Carol Reynolds. Um, she said that Mary St- Slover is, quote, depraved and unfit. <laughs> Okay, but also said that she should continue to have supervised visits with Colton because it'd be better for the kid, Um, which I mean, if she's depraved and unfit, Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah. The the written orders, which uh, said that uh, statements that have been made, Colton must be safeguarded from anyone who believes his father and paternal grandparents might be innocent. That's what they said. Yeah. Uh, Now, the Krinkos who wanted the cousins who wanted to take uh, uh, custody, he said that they know the judge said, quote, the Krinkos have become a Trojan stalking horse for the Slovers. They, too, believe the Slovers did not commit the murder and that Mary Slover was not involved in the concealment of the homicide. They would continue to feed the minor cult in lies and untruths and no doubt cut off visitation with the Hearns, contrary to their assertion, which the court uh, could then not could not then rectify. He said in the best interest of the minor, he'd be raised by the Hearns so that he'll know the truth of his background. Yeah. And also, uh, that's the closest blood to him. That's who he should go to. Yeah. Jesus that's who you should. Yeah. Christ. Go to the, not going to go to some cousins of your cousins or ridiculous. an aunt. Fuck you. Murderers, cousins. No, yeah. fuck off. No. Uh, Colton went to live with the Hearns. Uh, the, the workers who told the Krinkos and Mary uh, the DCFS was that some sort of child services thing. Yeah told the Krinkos and Mary Slover that Colton packed away all cards, letters, and toys that they all gave him because he was convinced the herds would confiscate the items and not let him have them because they've convinced him that they're terrible people. The the Slovers have. Slovers have convinced him that you're going to go to these terrible people. Um, yeah, the Hearns though they said they're giddy as a couple of kids about having Colton. Aww. They it's great. They said that they Colton appears to be making a healthy adjustment to the new situation, um, and uh, uh, he says, "quote uh, uh, Mary says I this is she says that he looked like he." <laughs> She's trying to say he the kid looked like he was well adjusted to the situation, but I know better. Okay. She said, I know him well enough to know he's trying to be strong and not show his emotions. He told me before he wouldn't uh, wouldn't ever let anyone see him cry, but that just makes me worry about him more. Oh, man. The happier he looks, the more I'm worried about him. Yeah. <laughs> now, 2008, yeah. the Illinois Innocence Projects takes up the Slover's case. Stop that. Yeah, I don't know what the... F- that's a waste of time of people what did who, they are actually, find? who are actually... Um, Nothing. The petition alleges that David Swan, who was the boyfriend, misled the jury when he described his car, the one she was last seen driving, as having clear rather than tinted windows. I read 30 pages on fucking 
tinted fucking windows and whether the car had tinted windows and whether this person saw it had tinted windows and when you saw it did it have tinted windows was it at night did they look tinted could you see inside was the dome light on mm. was it fucking t- dude it's so much tint talk if i was a lawyer i'd fucking hang myself in a courtroom if i had to talk about tinted windows for a fucking day and a half or you'd stroke your cock about it because that's what's going to get these fucking nut jobs Fuck. out of prison if you're the depends on which side of the aisle that that tint lies you know? that's true that's, and, and chicago <laughs> Chicago, Illinois, you can't really have tinted windows there, right? How dark is tint, and does it even fucking look tinted? Does it matter? T- you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. So, um, Jesus Christ, Mark Camper, a student in the wrongful convictions class uh, during the 2005 spring semester, obtained a uh, obtained evidence from SNK Pontiac and GMC in Springfield that the car in question had factory tinted windows. Okay, so it's barely tinted. It's barely it tinted. Clear. And if you ask a guy, do you have tinted windows, and he didn't have tints put in, right. you say no. No, right. If you have uh, – every car I've ever had has factory tinted right. windows, and if you say, do you have tints, I'd say no. No. Right. Because I didn't, I didn't put tints on it. I didn't do anything to it. I so bought it like this. It's just, like this. It's just the way it is. Yep, and that's basically what they're trying to say wow. here, um, that he testified against that. Um, so uh, the court filing mentioned an untested human hair found at the scene, as well as a fingerprint yeah. near a spot of the victim's blood at Finley Bridge, and ordered a hearing to potentially new ev- to get potentially new evidence in the case. So they're saying that you can add get new evidence here. Uh, the prosecutor said that they uh, he doesn't understand why the Illinois Inno- Innocence Project is involved in this now. And uh, it's the University of Illinois at Springfield that does that. That's why. And uh, it's it's kids that think that they can do something and change the world, and we can find something that, that exonerates. Sometimes somebody. they do, though. Amazing. Yeah, I get it. it, it a lot of times, but this, this is, is the pretty, wrong tree. This, there's no reason to look into this. You're barking up the wrong tree, man. It's just a lot. So maybe this project should find out if Mary isn't a twat. Do that. Yeah, for let's me. find out. We've I'm convinced. Is, Mary is innocent of twatdom. We found. And now we shall go from there. Yeah. In 2014, uh, they won a ruling allowing DNA testing on certain fingerprint evidence, but that didn't go anywhere, and that ended up yeah. dying on the vine. So where are they now? Jeanette is 72 or 73 now, uh, resides in the Logan Correctional Center. Parole date of 2029 ah, and sorry. projected discharge of 2032. Yeah, um, yeah uh, and she has... Uh, blonde hair now for some reason weird and uh michael slover uh, has in a medium security pontiac correctional center this is senior he uh 2032 is his parole date and a potential discharge of 2035 yeah. uh, and now mike jr is 50 and incarcerated at the illinois correctional or illinois river Cor- Cor- uh, correctional center parole date of 2031 projected discharge of 2034 uh, he's so Col- young still yeah, he's still, oh, he's going to get out and be alive and shit. Now, Colton um, is in his late 20s, obviously, today. Mm-hmm. He's born in 93. Uh, uses a different name now Good because of this, because this has been yeah. covered on TV back in the day and all Fucking that. ruined his life. Uh, apparently, he works as a home improvement uh, in the home improvement industry as a flooring remodeler. Oh, That's God, it's so hard, Colton. I, it's oh, so hard. Hang you in can there, charge buddy. a lot of money, though. Good for yeah. you, Colton. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that poor kid, please, if anybody finds him, do not bother that poor no. fucking kid. Jesus Christ. I just feel so bad for him. His mother's in de- dead in the most horrible fucking way possible. Yep. And then he finds out his father, grandparents, and everybody was in on it. Not yep. only that, but then they lied to him about it for right. years. How fucking just, I mean, 
And How could worse you trust off, anybody? James, worse Poor of, guy, the man. The whole worst part of it is that she's dead because they wanted him. Yeah. That's, that's the whole That's the thing. other thing. Yeah. That's it too, man. Dude, that, that poor kid. I mean, uh, I really hope. I really hope they got. I hope he got counseling. Yeah. I really hope he got some good counseling. And I don't even know. I don't even know what the fuck, man. I feel so bad for that kid. That's terrible. That's one of the. I, yeah, it's as bad as any kid you've ever felt bad for on the show. Yeah, where you're like, absolutely. Jesus, anyone that wasn't like dead or molested or something, right. obviously. You know, whatever. Oh, any shit. live, uh, any live child. This is the most. That's maybe worse this way because the poor kid's got to live with this every goddamn day. So we really hope he's doing well. We really do. I mean, I hope that's well, and I hope the I hope the Hearns are still alive too because they seem like nice people. Yeah, his grandparents, Karen's parents. So giddy, like a couple of kids. That's adorable. Couple of kids. (laughs) That's isn't it cute? Yeah, that's nice stuff. So um, that everybody is uh, Mount Zion, Illinois, and a fucking crazy story. I have to say. In terms of brutality, in terms of how it's solved with yeah. dog DNA, like it's just a crazy ass case, man. That marries a single woman, you know that, right? There's no way that woman's married to somebody. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, I don't think she was. Well, when they moved yeah. to to uh, was it Hornbeak or whatever the fuck it was, Tennessee, yeah. it was Michael Junior, Mary, and Colton moved. So yeah, seems like probably not. She's yeah. probably not with anybody or married to anybody. So well, her last name is the last Slover, name of her parents, still. right? Yeah. 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 yeah, who knows if she would have kept it anyway. She's a single woman. Nobody's putting up with that yeah. woman. A lot of cats put it that way. So No, listen to her. She's yeah. terrible. <laughs> Fucking murder accomplice. Jesus Christ. If it's you so enjoy fun that, to hate her right now. I, do, I, it is. I feel terrible no, about it, fuck kind her. of, but in, in another way. No, she sucks. No, she sucks. She's yeah. a piece of shit. She's, <laughs> she's like shit Karen. She's not even grim Karen. She's shit Mary. Ah, uh, shit Mary. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit Mary. How you doing there, shit Mary? I hope don't terrible. be a shit Mary, Hopefully, everybody. Sh- <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious? Uh, never mind. That's me. <laughs> shit Mary. So if you enjoyed that show, tell the world about it. Get on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Doesn't matter what you say. Say something, though, and right. it helps drive us up the charts. We don't know why. It just does. We don't run Apple. What the fuck yeah. do we know? But Purple I do know icon. that Apple does not do accept it if you write shit Mary as your review. Don't write shit Mary. They no, they won't take <laughs> curses. You can probably do some asterisks in there and then Mary, and that's fine. Shit Mary it is. We need a shit Mary t-shirt now. <laughs> Head over to shutupandgivememurder.com for yeah. everything small town murder and crime and sports related and especially coming up on May the 6th. It's a Thursday night, but we'll have it so it's available all weekend. All weekend. So everybody can get it, all your people overseas and everything like that. You'll have to watch it. Crime in Sports virtual live show and crime and sports live shows are, I mean, small town murder live shows are great, but yeah. crime and sports live shows are just it's not the same. There's no, like, big murder thing. So, right. you know, you have to be kind of – it's a comedy show, and you have to be down for a minute for a couple of somber moments. Not for crime and sports. No. You just make fun of an asshole for two and a half hours. Or <laughs> at a live show, it'll be an hour and a half. But either way, wow, is it fun. I hope Get shit Mary played some sort of, like, uh, uh, <laughs> cornhole t- professional tournament. <laughs> you know, shit Mary the cornhole champion. <laughs> So get your tickets there. They'll go on sale this week. We're not sure exactly when in the next couple days. Keep checking. And another good place to check to see when things are on sale is on social media. We are at Murder Small on Facebook or at on Twitter, at Small Town Pod on Facebook and at Small Town Murder on Instagram and also uh, at Crime and Sports on Twitter and Facebook as well. If you want to follow that for those tickets, yep. uh, it'll be on Instagram as well. Get those tickets. I'm telling you, we're going to. 
That's going to be fun. We're I'm, not I'm fucking really around excited for that. about it. I really am. That's going to be we're blowing that shit out because that's a uh, we're not going to have another virtual live crime in sports. It's never yeah, going to happen again. Happen. I'll tell you that. I'll yeah. guarantee you that right now. So we're going to really leave it all on the table for you guys and uh, or on the on the floor, on the court. Right. All over shit, Mary, it's happening. And so. lately it's been asked a lot uh, about vile human beings. And that podcast shall be started fairly, it, fairly shortly. It, it will Look, come. we've got we got a lot of things we're dealing with and gotta, a lot of emails yeah. that we send about other things as well. And there's another thing we're coming trying too. our hardest to get we, through we, this. Have to do one thing first before we get to that business-wise, and it's something that involves a whole bunch of pieces being in, yeah. a, in place. So don't worry. Good stuff coming soon for everybody. It's it's all to give you guys good content. That's right. one thing. So Trying to do give all you as that. much as we can, as often as we can. And Absolutely. the main part of it is as best as we can because we want – That's the, the shit, man. Putting out a shit product is – no, Mary. we're not about that's that. Trash. No, that's a shit, Mary. <laughs> so, Patreon.com. Speaking of a good product, Patreon yeah. is the most worth it five bucks you're going to spend for anything uh, show related for any show. We really bring it on those Patreons, and you get access to both Small Town Murder and Crime and Sports Patreon. Right. And like Crime and Sports, the last Patreon we did was about the Hotel Cecil documentary so and. Fun. The missing uh, Lisa Lamb. It had nothing to do with sports. So these bonus episodes are more freewheel and we can kind of do what we want this week. And also the prisoner dating game was last week. So you missed that this week over at patreon.com slash crime and sports. You can get on for the crime and sports show. It'll be Marv Albert, the uh, sportscaster forever, who had a just a weird sex scandal that was super creepy, resulted in criminal charges and everything else. If it was just a sex scandal, who cares? But it was criminal. So it falls under our jurisdiction. We're going to talk about that. And then for the small town murder one, we're going to talk about the Netflix documentary about the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. And we'll get We'll get all sorts of into that, man, because I've been wanting to. so good. I've been wanting to talk about him for a long time. So you can get that and everything else at patreon.com slash crime and sports. And that will make you a producer, making you eligible for a shout out. Not only eligible, you will have a shout out. Jimmy will mispronounce your name while trying to pronounce it perfectly. So you you can do all of that at patreon.com slash crime and sports. And on top of that, if you just want to be a good person, have great karma and just do something nice and also be a producer, hear your name shouted out wrongly. You can do that as well over at PayPal using our email address, crime and sports at gmail.com. That said, Jimmy, please hit me with the list of people who would never leave my car running on the side of the road and dismember me into many pieces and put me in a pond right now. This week's executive producers are Danielle Mar, Mara Wolf, Mara. Mara? Is, Mara? is that Mara? Mara? I don't, I don't know, knows? James. Uh, Cameron Kushwara's wife, Wendy, had a birthday this week. Happy birthday. Happy uh, Jordan birthday, Bennett, Wendy. Daniel Levy. I want Levy? Levy. It's a Levy, right? Yeah, it could be Levy or Levy, depending. I want that to be uh, Eugene's boy, but it's probably not. Uh, <laughs> Carolyn Osborne, Francisco Ariza, Ariza, Betty Murphy, Matthew Richards, and Remington Richards, and also Irene Cruz. Remington. Thank you guys so so much. Thank Truly, you. you're incredible. And Remington's a cool name. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty badass. I like that. Uh, other producers this week are Luke Rogers, Wrestling's Donnie. Remember Donnie? You know Donnie. Yeah. Yeah, Donnie he sends we us all Donnie. kinds of wrestling shit. Donnie's the shit, man. Yeah, we his girlfriend, Donnie. I believe, Emily. Uh, maybe just maybe just a friend. Uh, maybe maybe he wants it. I don't know. She got a new job though. Congrats, Emily. Congrats, uh, Emily. Right, uh, Emmeline <laughs> Brumley donated both ways. Thank you so much. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Matthew Henry also, uh, Maria Rasper, Annabelle Wolf, Peyton Meadows, Michelle Miller. I think that's the Michelle Miller that lives in Northern Arizona that drives all over the place. I think it is. Thank you. To us. 
I think so. Otherwise, it could be another Michelle Miller. Otherwise, thank Michelle Miller. (laughs) Either way, we thank you, Michelle Miller. Also, Thomas Smith, uh, uh, Alex Ortiz, Nicholas Ryard, Carl Kirshner, Gary Howard, Jacob Harper, TJ Mack, Don Finch had a birthday. Happy birthday, Don. Uh, Amanda Knight, Christine Tate, John Miller, Hunter Erickson had a birthday. Happy birthday. Surfing pioneer Duke Peo Kehinu, Moko Huli. Huli Hola uh, Kahanamuka. Awesome. <laughs> That's all wrong. It's all Huli wrong. Huli Hala Kolamuka. Thank you. Erwin <laughs> Lopez, Mor- Morris Buttermaker, who I believe is in a movie, Morris Buttermaker. I think it's a reference to that. Uh, I don't know. I also, so. Rabbi Shmulalovich. Shmulalovich? Well, thank you. Uh, Susanna Platt, Todd Cochran, Daphne Jean Baptiste, Corey and Kelly Fowler, Krista Fleischer, uh, Beth Charlton had a birthday. Happy birthday. Jen Excel from Discord. Uh, evidently, Discord is a thing, uh, and a lot of people talk about us over there. I don't know how to get on it or what it is. I don't know if it's Discord.com. I don't There's know. a thing called Discord, and there's cool. conversation about us. So thank well, you all over thank there. Thank you. For doing that, we love uh, you. Sherry Smith, <laughs> Janice you. Hill, Elizabeth Thompson, Annie Gulahi, Gulahi. Uh, nice, well done. Oh, that's th- that's the overboard reference right there, Annie Gulahi. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. My that's last name. name is Gulahi. Gulahi, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara Flick, Jessica Massary, Massary, uh, Robert fucking Patrick, Jonathan uh, Gorostieta, Goro Gorostieta. Hey. Sarah Surridge, she put umlauts over all her vowels. That's Good. lovely. <laughs> TJ uh, Bartlett in a tri- in a triple dump, triple axle Another dump TJ. truck. He drives a oh. triple axle, James. Jesus Christ. Uh, Michelle Crotty, Scissors, Yeah. Jennifer Visconti, Ashley Vio, Michael DeGrief, Marshall Geralt, Sarah Young, Sarah Ficht. Jesus. Alyssa Caris, Emmalyn Brumley, I said that. Jennifer Morales, Mike Burton, Gregory Beamer, Alexis Nobis, Adam Yeager, Corey Murdoch, Simon Brown, Dakota Moore, RDC, Jen Nuri, Christian Land, Andre Russell, Stephanie Griggs, Matthew Franklin, Jimmy Marks III. What? I don't know what that is. Uh, Kent Hull, David Klinger, Cortland Wise, Juliet with no last name, Nicole Schrader, Schroeder, Kim Boyd, Aaron Gilmore, Jessica Gandy, Glenn Small, Stephanie Mueller, Cole Lynch, Kaylani Segovia, Marlon Marlin Bowen, uh, Veronica Phillips, Kayla Hilliard, Evelyn Dixon, Jacqueline Gable, Gabol, Gabol. Cool. Emily Haynes, Am- uh, Amanda Irwin, Gabby Rockhill, Jeff G, uh, Liam Liam Coker, Cocker. Oh boy, David Newman. Nope, that's did Newman. What? Why is that did? That's a fuck. Somebody with the last name of Newman, because my computer decided to change their first name to did. Well, there's no way thanks. there's somebody. Thanks, Did Deed? Newman. Maybe it's Deed. I don't know. Died Newman. Dead. Raul no, Montano, Alexis Sermier, Cer- Susan Hammond, uh, Angela Joyner, Ashley Schmidt, Mike Hawk Hertz. Good for you, sir. You got it Very through. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, Darlene Fitzgerald, <laughs> Ashley D. Will, Tom Persinger, uh, Sarah Torrance, Sarah Hobson, Carolyn Pulaski, Sarah Carson, D- Dana with no last name, T.C. Palmater, Palmater, <sighs> Gloria Davidson, Cassie Joe, Casey, maybe Joe, yes, Ann Schmidt, maybe. Stuart Weissman, uh, Lauren Wolf, Jessica Schwind, Adam Wyatt, Matt Bichard, Jessica Cordes, uh, Laura Nolan, oh boy, oh boy, Kane Alang, Kane Alang, 
Stephanie Hillman, Gabriel with no last name, Julia Julie, Rye Jurgens, got all that Jurgens money, Kate no. with no last name, Courtney Thank Drake, Ar- Arlene Dameron, 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 Tiffany Hansen, uh, Tiffany Hansen, Elizabeth Linloff, Linloff, Megan Hanlon, Laura with no last name, David Murray, Jill Reiniger, Reniger, Oh boy, uh, Andrew Lamper, uh, Taylor Smith, Smith, <laughs> Smith. What? <laughs> you just mispronounced Smith. That's great. That's a new low, Jimmy. <laughs> Mary, Mary Vaughn, <laughs> Faye Rock Glover, bottom. Ted Cervantes, Jeffiner, Jeff, Jennifer, Jeffiner, Jeffiner. Mm, boy, oh boy, Reeves, Jennifer Reeves, Peggy with no last name, Blake Adams, Colin Adams, Vinyl Pacheco, River Moore, Brooke Harrison, Tatum Kendall, Robert Smith, Brianna Simon, Simon, uh, Craig Meyer, uh, Rebecca Brand, Branca. Oh boy, what did I do? Awitif, Awatif, Adele Ishmael Decker. Oh, I'm sorry. Connor with no last name. Carla <laughs> Nielsen, sorry. Heidi Holen, Holland, Susie White, Rick, uh, Sam, Squ- Sam Squanch, Chris Tracy, Crystal Krigger, Randy Cloudis, Reefer Doctor, Mandy Frank, Maria Lugo, uh, Miranda Armstrong, Jarrett Carroll, Jeremy with no last name, Zane O53. What happened? You're What'd cooking, you man. You're cooking. <laughs> I'm going. Ben Levesque, Amanda Vilson, uh, Heather Bennett, Carly Bird Irwin, D. Schaefer 06, Melissa Rose, D- Dwayne Coder, Jennifer Dabrowski, Cody Tyree, Mike and Jess Miller, John Cunningham, Stephanie Shady, Mish Moore, Jennifer Williams, Anne Marie Concha, Cherie Gregory, Jesse Blue, Dustin Motley, Kelly Shanklin, God damn it, Francisco Ariza, Hollywood, no last name, Michael Sheffield, Gabe Gonzalez, Cynthia Person, Lacey Cowgill, Cows don't have gills. Uh, Jade McCracken. Oh, boy. Uh, Amy Smart. Michelle uh, Alvarez. Michelle Brown also. Tyler Rutherford. Brian Chatfield. Brenna Thornley. Jen Huber. Kelly Anderson. Ruth Dunlap. Bill Bowes. Justin S. Jamie Monroe. Kenneth Clay. Nikki Woods. Jennifer Schrader. Alexandra Blue Wilson. Tabitha. Nope, that's Talitha. Krill. uh, Megan Butler. Captain Awesome. Heather Crow. Chris with no last name. Jay Bell. Brianna Hagberg, uh, Layla Carlisle, Belle Gill, Katie McBroom, Jessica Smith, Catherine Payne, Victoria Doyle, uh, Amelia Simmons, Amanda Laboud, what? Uh, Heather Lake, John Penrod Jr., Marissa with no last name, Melissa Hotstinsky, Justin uh, Peterson, Brandy Barton, what the fuck? That was too easy and I ruined it. Jennifer Costa, Marlissa, Marlissa Nicholson, Marlisa. Uh, Susan Scugard, uh, Eris Van ha- Mayhem, Mayhem, Jesus, uh, Emily Dillon, Krista Legacy, Legas, Legace. I don't know, Susie Pike, Susan McFarland, DPG, Ashton Sova, Dan with no last name, Griffin Murphy, Kayla McCann, Andy Lopez, uh, Erica Neva, J- John Schroeder, Schrader, Sarah King, uh, Bonnie Foster, L. Allen Mason, Jay Lizotte, Ashley Levin, Dylan Hosey, uh, David Durden, Je- uh, Jesus, D- James Robinson, Jesse with no last name, Patrick Cordoza, uh, Tyler Cardoza, Tyler Edwards, Haley Davis, Renee Lighthall, Light Lighthall, yes, Angela yes. Davis, uh, Jody Pell, Sweet. Jenny with no last name, Daniela Refugio, Nicole Freeman, and Kevin Dowdy, Andrew Helvey, Hel- Helvey, Jesus, Jack and <laughs> nope, that's Zach, <laughs> Zach Lebsack, Jack Eric- and Lebsack, <laughs> thanks, Jack and keep on Jack and pal. 
Eric Golby, uh, Gobil, uh, Josh Rose, Ross, uh, Carl Isaacson, E. Walanka, Walanka, Megan, Megan, Ebony, Ebony, Ebony Ingram, uh, Jason Ebony. Molner, Molner, uh, Christine <laughs> Glomvowski. I did. I'm, a, I'm an <laughs> oh, asshole. God. <laughs> Melanie Moran, Michael Warwick, Mel- Megan Bullock, uh, Matt Foster, Josh Lindsay, Caleb, Brian Jones, uh, the Diamond, Diamond, what is that? Di- uh, Dim- Dynamics. Hey. The Diamondx. We got it. Katie Light, Aaliyah uh, with no last name, Courtney Courtney Close, Luke Salomon, uh, Patty Scott, Megan with no last name, Brooke Bones, Charles Chandler, Sean Pfeiffer, uh, Christine Tack, Sean Patrick, nope, that's Kirkpatrick, Zachary Br- uh, Brinkerhoff, <sighs> Courtney Tittle, uh, Jarrett with no last name, Jenny Groth, Samantha Fitzgibbon, Jason Cor- oh boy, Caver- Culver Rebuius. <laughs> <laughs> Coleman Six, Turtle Run, Kane uh, Stripe, Carolyn Pepler, Al- Alexis from Hospitality Podcast, Haley and Brenton Plant, Kevin Wright, and Nathan Allridge, and Brett Stetson from that Stetson fortune. Jesus Christ. Wait, you guys wow, are amazing. Thank money. you so much with all your hat money. Thank you, everyone, so much. Seriously, from the it's bottom of our dead, cold, shriveled up little hearts, we... Yeah cannot thank you you make the world go round for us and uh just thank you for everything you do for us we we try to hustle as best we can for you Mm -hmm. and make it all worth it and uh because that's we feel so we just feel so thankful that we we want to make sure that you're happy basically yeah i mean i I know a lot of people uh because we're comedians and every comic has a fucking podcast and there are thousands of them that you can choose from and i feel like a flight attendant right now but thank you for choosing us yeah and there's only four (laughs) things to choose from there right here there's literally a million that you're choosing us so thank you We appreciate that. You didn't just choose the cheapest one. Yeah. A million and they're all free. So <laughs> how easy is that to pick something? And you chose so. us and and you've helped us build something that uh, we can't do without you. And wow. without you guys, we are uh, one of the other millions of podcasts that people don't Nobody gives hear. a shit about. And we're really now, thankful if- that you give a shit about us and not just us, but this show, obviously yeah. this show and the things that we make. And you're you're the reason we do it. So thank you. And uh, what if the people wanted to give a shit about you, Jimmy? How could they find you? You can give a shit about me at Wisman Sucks, W-H-I-S-M-A-N Sucks on uh, Twitter and Instagram, unless uh, your name is Shit Mary. Uh, then stay the fuck away. <laughs> no shit, Mary. I don't want to hear from you, Mary. Nope. Not at all. What about you? And, uh, I'm over. I'm at Jimmy P. is funny. You you know how to Google, you know how to Google search people, yeah. everyone, don't you, I think? So do that. Find us. Keep following. Keep listening every week. Listen to Crime and Sports on Tuesdays. Damn it. Listen to P.S. I Hate This Movie because I have to keep watching fucking Twilight. Do all these goddamn things and keep coming back every single week because you know we'll be. I know I'll be back because until next week, everybody. It's been our pleasure. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Small Town Murder early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. 
If you don't know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued, what was in Al Capone's vault, or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay. I am here for you. I'm Darcy Carden, and I'm inviting you to listen to my new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with me and my funny friends as we bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to my podcast, you've learned that that's the sciencey term for eardrum. We embark on a hyperlink roller coaster as we start out on a Wikipedia page and go from link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until we collectively shout, How the hell did we get here? Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.